You said you'd give me three oh, minutes. God. All right, this is why. You didn't wear the mustache in, so that I was didn't, a good I know. Start. I did say I was going to wear a mustache on there the was, show. I just want to say there was no one more upset about that news than me. Why? When I saw that coming. Because I'm never going to hear the end of it. I love it. I love everything about exactly. it. Exactly. I'm never going to hear the end of it. What's cooking, everybody? I am joined in the bunker today by Miss Jordan Arard Coupe and my people, my people. We finally, finally have the NFL coming back this weekend. So what better than to do a good old NFL season preview episode, which is pretty much what most of this conversation was. If you remember, Jordan was in here back in May. I had asked her if she would come in to do this on the eve of the new season. And so here we are. And I hope you guys enjoy. Now. If you haven't used the link in my description, along with the code TRENDIFIER at checkout to get $100 off your 8 Sleep Pod Pro mattress or 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover, check it out. As I say every week, it's going to add hours of sleep to your night every single night without actually adding hours. And what I mean by that is when you wake up in the morning, you may look at the clock and it will say that you slept for six hours, but you will feel like you slept eight. And that is because of 8 Sleep's phenomenal technology, which I said you can get $100 off the mattress and the mattress cover. Let's focus on the cover because it's half the price and you don't have to buy a whole new mattress and it does all the same things. So with that cover that comes in queen or king sizes, 8 Sleep is going to hook up their proprietary app that is going to measure your sleep stages and optimize around what your body likes throughout the night, be it your BMI, your body temperature, and a whole bunch of other stuff to make sure that you sleep better than you've ever slept before. So use that link in my description, along with the code TRENDIFIER at checkout. That's T-R-E-N-D-I-F-I-E-R, and you will get $100 off your 8 Sleep Pod Pro mattress or 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover. Check it out. You won't regret it. Anyway, if you're not subscribed... Please subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you're on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button, and leave a like and comment on the video if you would, please. To everyone who continues to share the show with a friend each week, somebody who enjoys podcasts but hasn't heard of this one, thank you. Even the people who are just like sharing TikToks with with their friends, that's actually been very effective. So however you like to do it, it's working. Let's keep it rolling. Thank you to everyone who has. Thank you to everyone who will, and just thank you. It's it's awesome. So, that said, you know what it is. I'm Julian Dory, and this is Trendifier. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the new understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. Sporty Jordy. Hello. You've been moving since last time you were in here. Very busy. What's the what's the latest and greatest? You got like three things going now? Yeah, a couple. Give me your glass too. Sorry. No, you're fine. Thank you. My little arms. Um, couple podcasts, some TikTok jobs. Mm, so, mm. well, one of them's like through, like it's it's TikTok only, right? And you're yeah. doing picks there or something like that. What's the so story there? So it's mainly they're called Walter Picks, and they're a sports betting and fantasy advice app. They try and give you like the best odds for week to week, and mm-hmm. depending on games, they just started getting into NBA too. But it's mainly NFL, 
I've heard of them. Yeah. So started literally like grassroots company. It started off as like a school project. These two guys found the algorithm. They called it Walter and fell in love with it, saw how well it was working compared to Yahoo and ESPN, turned it into their own thing, and now it's blowing up. So they hired 32 content creators, one for every NFL team, and the mm. Eagles, obviously. So you're taking and care of the Eagles. Yes. I like that. Yeah, so it's mainly just fantasy stuff, sports betting, Eagles news, all that kind of stuff. So you were, you're actually, I didn't know this, you and I were talking right before this, you're really into sports betting. Yes, And my always favorite. have been. Yeah. I, that was, I missed that last time. I should have asked you about that. I didn't realize that that was like your thing. I thought you were more a fantasy girl. I like fantasy and I'm good at fantasy. Yeah, just pull in the mic a little bit. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, like fantasy and I'm good at fantasy, but I love sports betting. So and were I'm you better at sports betting? Were you better growing up? Not. It started in the last couple years. I would do like a couple things here and there. So you had to turn into a ge- degenerate. Oh yeah, it okay. started slow. It was a slow process. It started with me literally putting fifty dollars into a in my DraftKings account a couple years back. And I would put, place like $15 bets, $20 bets. And I'd be like, all right, I'm never going below 50. <laughs> I was like, I always want $50 in my account. So then I got to the point where I had like three, $400 saved up in there because I was doing a couple things. And I was like, all right. So I pulled it out, went back to 50 and made my little profit. And then every year it's just kind of been slowly increasing more and more. Oh, so you're, you're profitable. Oh, yeah. I have a good last year. My ratio is very did my locks of the week. I'm pretty sure I had like 75 percent, like throughout the 75%. whole season. 75 percent. Yeah, like I was good last season. Now, how big were? How much bigger were the losses? No losses. It was so all right. I'm my, fucking with you, but you know. No, they weren't. To. And I see. I'm a safe better. That's my. That's my. It's like a downfall, but it's also good. A safe better. I'm a safe better. So, like, if I can see a game moving one way that I don't like, I think there was a Titans. Titans always screwed me mm. last season. So, I saw the game moving in a direction I really didn't like. So, then I started aggressively betting other games in the other directions that I did like, and it balanced it out. So, you're talking about watching the line move throughout the week. So, if it oh, opens yeah. up at, like, five and gets down to, like, plus three by the end of the week, and you were liking the team that was plus five, mm-hmm. or no, other way around. In that case, you were liking the team on the other side of that you're not going to like them after that yeah. because the line's telling you that the action's going the other way. Oh, yeah. I it's, like it's, that. it's a science. You have to find the perfect time. Mm. So this year you're going to be doing – because you said you're representing the Eagles, though. So are you doing sports betting picks specifically for their games? So I don't think – for Walter Picks, I don't think I'm doing actual sports betting. I think they want me strictly fantasy. Got it. So okay. for them, I'll be doing the fantasy stuff on my YouTube I'm going to focus more on fantasy and basically it's I'm going to post a couple videos a week. One of them's going to be strict. I'll do fantasy stuff too. One of them's going to be strictly sports betting though. And that'll be lines, spreads, odds, who I think you should take, who I don't think you Got should it. take, okay. my locks, all that kind of stuff. But if you're repping the Eagles on that account for fantasy, so you're just covering any players on their roster for the week. Basically. Yeah. And Got then it. the big thing that's blown up on TikTok with them this was more like there's no money involved, but we just did a 32-person fantasy football league. So we hmm. just had our draft for that. And Thir- every- Wait, wait, 32 teams. 32 teams. Now, it's not a typical roster. So basically, you get one running back, one receiver. You get three normal flex, wide receiver, running back, or tight end. And then you get one super flex that can be that plus a quarterback. So I put a quarterback in there. And then I just have a bunch of literally whoever I could pick. And I had the 23rd pick. <laughs> 
So I was towards the I think I got Najee Harris with my first pick at wow. 23. Yeah. So that's a lot of teams. It's a lot of teams. My bench, if people start getting injured, by because I have Juju and Najee. So week seven, when the Steelers have their bye, I'm like, L- I have to figure out a waiver wire situation <laughs> because my bench is like, these people have a 3% chance of playing. You're going to have Kaepernick all- starting. Yeah, it's all who is left in the later rounds. <laughs> Cheers, by the way. Yes. Good to have you back. Thanks. Good to be back. I know we got to talk a lot of football there. Mm-hmm. But you got that. And then Onside Chicks is still moving. Yeah. And that's kicking. live streaming on Twitch every week as yeah, well. And YouTube. And YouTube. Yeah. We do both. Now you got the live stream on there too. Yeah. But then you have your separate YouTube channel. Yes. So you're ramping up content on there because the season's coming in yeah. now again. Okay. Are we missing anything? Um, so I started the Fantasy Underdogs podcast too. That's more fantasy stuff. I saw that one. That's, Wait, what was the other one though? The one. Um, so I'm also working now with the Liberty Line. That's so it's it. all Philly sports. So basically, it's a website, blogs, articles, podcasts. They're also on the radio every Saturday. Um, great organization, bunch of guys started all through Twitter, just kind of reaching out, talking to each other and getting on the same page. And now I'm just starting slowly but surely to work my way in there. Then I'm going to be doing a lot of sports betting stuff for, so. Damn. Yeah. So it's going to be. Do you sleep? No, not a lot. (laughs) Not a lot of run on Pepsi. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, I like to see when people keep it moving, especially like after they've been in here, like a little bit selfish mm-hmm. right there. I like to see, I like to see people out there doing well, but you're doing like four or five things now. So that's, that's pretty awesome because you were only in here. What was that? You were here like the beginning of May, like end of April, like right yeah. around draft time. So that's yeah. not, that it was right before the draft. That wasn't that long of a time. So I like to see you moving like that. Thanks. But what's the, what's the latest on you with this season? We get, we did talk a little bit about the upcoming season, more on like, an individual player basis, but teams wise. Okay. Let's start there. All Who's right. looking good in the preseason that probably is then going to suck during the season? Because that's how it works. <laughs> so you want me to tell you who I think is going to suck or who I think is going to be great? Okay. Who you think is going to be great? All right. Like dark Based horse? on the preseason. All right. Based on preseason. Hmm. All right. Let me. Because th- there's the obvious ones. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to come out and they're going to be good because they brought all 22 starters back. I don't even think they fired a single person on their coaching staff. No one on their coaching staff no. changed. So that team, it's kind of like you bring the band back together. They're going to be great. AB's back with them too, right? Yeah. I forgot to check that. Yep. Yeah. No, every single Super Bowl starter is still on that roster. But wasn't he was wasn't he the third receiver technically? He was, but he's still right, Got it. So yeah. they even have more than that. They've they've great Oh yeah, they have depth like how they did it, I don't know. It's not. It's going to be one of those situations where it's not going to work long term, just because they're not going to be able to. Like people took pay cuts to stay there for this season to ride yeah. that out. So it's not going to be something that's going to last for a long time. And who knows how? I think Tom Brady's saying right now he's got two years left. So did, did he put a number on it? Well, he said like I want to win two more Super Bowls. <laughs> so I took that as <laughs> I'm playing for two more years and I want to win both of them. Who knows with him, though? That could be five. Um, exactly. You, you just never know. So we'll see. I have, unfortunately, I don't, I, I don't want to talk crap on them because, like, it's just tough to root for Brady, like, all the time. And it's funny because when he was a Patriot towards the end, I was so over him. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And that's when you know you've made it. Like, if you're that good that everyone hates you, like, that's how you know you're the best of the best. Then he went to Tampa and he was like Florida Tom. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I was like, Tom Brady's kind of cool now. I was like, I like this. I like this energy. 
now I'm kind of back on like the, okay, Tom Brady, we get it, you're great kind of thing. Um, and I don't want to see them come out and be great again, but I know they're going to be. Um, another team that I really, really love and I have very high hopes for going into the season, the Arizona Cardinals. I am 100% sold on them. I think they're dark horse Super Bowl contenders. I just think they handled this offseason brilliantly. I love how they drafted. Zayvon Collins was their first-round draft pick. And when I tell you this guy is iconic, like incredible, he was a quarterback. And now he plays defense. So he What's un- his name? Zayvon Collins. He understands. And he's a Zayvon beast. Collins. Like a monster of a human being, athletically. So you have that, plus he understands both sides of the ball. Like He's a linebacker now. Yeah. It, he he's unreal like he was one of my favorite draft picks like coming out going into this draft and when he went to them i was like makes perfect sense because i'm so gung-ho on this team um obviously them getting jj watt was huge too for their defense because their defense he can still play he can still play can and their defense play. was a little shaky so i love the moves that they made and kyler murray when he won offensive rookie of the year what was that two years ago now mm-hmm. um i was pissed like screamed. I was so mad just because I thought there were so many other guys that season. Like Josh Jacobs didn't get it that season. Yeah. Who else was in there though? There DK were, Metcalf, yeah. Miles Sanders. Like there were so Metcalf was yeah. the guy who should have gotten it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there were other options and to give it to him who was good, but just not spectacular. I was so mad. They go for the quarterback. They go for the quarterback and it's super fr- I get it. I get it. But like MVP especially. That I get. You want to make it a quarterback thing, fine. But offensive rookie, I feel like it should be more open. Whatever it happened, I'm over it now because last season he came out was spectacular. And DeAndre Hopkins is one of my favorite people, players on this planet. So I love their connection. So that was already growing. You know, with all the moves that they've done, this team is just becoming – I love their coach, too. Like, they're just becoming one of my favorites to watch. So I have very high hopes for them. Coming in the season, a lot of people are convinced they're only going to be 500. I think they're going to do. I'd be surprised if they don't have a 10-11 win season. They have a lot of 2018, 2017, 2018 Rams vibes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Right? Yes. And it is going to be tricky, tricky for them, too, though, because they are in probably the toughest division in football. Is that still, you think so? I think it's between them or the AFC North. I I, I still I'm trying think. Trying to think because the Seahawks are going to be pretty good. I see. I think otherwise. I think Seahawks. No? I think Seahawks come in last for the first time. I think. I don't think they've ever come in last in their division. And looking. But the the Niners are in that division though. Yeah, but the Niners. The only reason the Niners were trash last season was because of injuries. And, Every and quarterback play though too. And you're no, right. The injuries were bad. Yeah, you're right about that. But the, still, like they were down to, they were pulling people off practice squad like day of game. It felt like the Eagles, honestly, because yeah. that that's yeah, normally, we know a lot yeah, about that. <laughs> that's normally what we're working with. But no, they were plagued with injuries. That roster, if they can stay healthy, incredible. Quarterback situation is iffy, but the last time Jimmy G was healthy and played the entire season, they were thirteen and three and went to the Super Bowl. So he can work on that team. Also, I Trey Lance is someone that has come out this preseason, and I was defending him all throughout the draft. I had very high hopes on him. I loved him. I wanted them to take him. I said I'd be pissed if they took Mac Jones. I think Trey Lance fits better here. Cheeseburger. The cheeseburger. Big Mac. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, oh, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, so I think if Jimmy G can come out and play good at least halfway through, 
He also has a big injury history. So if he gets injured or if he starts playing mediocre, you throw Trey Lance in, the 49ers are going to be good. It's always... I think, it, I think it is. It's a total crapshoot with a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. because you never know until mm-hmm. they're in there. But that is nice to hear. He's been looking good. My whole thing is most quarterbacks can't be like Alex Smith was. Like yeah. when when they drafted Kaepernick, and the idea was like, oh, you got the guy breathing down your neck, mm-hmm. who they got to groom a little bit. Alex Smith came out and he balled. Yeah. You know, I think the only reason Kaepernick took the job his second year is because Smith got hurt, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So. It's pretty rare that a quarterback really plays up like that, especially like above the expectations of the team. And the thing about Garoppolo that's been the the last year and a half, it's just been the biggest question around there was is he costing this team an opportunity at Super Bowl? Like they looked at when they when they played the Chiefs in there, you watch that game. He if he can be a little more than a game manager, mm-hmm. they win. Yeah. No questions asked. When the ball was put in his hands to basically win the game, he couldn't do anything. Yeah. And Mahomes could. So yeah. Mahomes could recover his team from playing awful for two and a half, three quarters, win a football game like that at the biggest stage, and, and Garoppolo couldn't. And then last year, obviously, the train was just off the tracks, and now here we are. They already have a rookie quarterback. So mm-hmm. to me, the confidence is very clearly not there yeah. on him like from the organization, and I never know how guys are going to respond to that. So. If he, I've seen him play well before. I will definitely give him that. I've seen stretches of four or five games where it's like Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he could be a top five quarterback. Yeah. But you don't see it consistently. And you didn't, even before they played the Chiefs in the playoffs, like he wasn't one of the best quarterbacks in the playoffs. No. And I know that's one run right there. But then last year, you see the hangover from that a little bit. I don't know if he's that dude. I and me saying the 49ers are going to be great and Jimmy, I don't think Jimmy G is that dude. I just think he's going to do well enough to get them through the first couple games of the season, get them all comfortable, especially when you have basically your most of your starting roster coming off of injuries, getting back together. Um, Even like their defense was like down to scraps last year too. And they have a tough defense. So is Bosa, Bosa's all clear and good. I believe so. Yeah. I think he's clear to start week one. Um, so you have Jimmy G that can come out and do it. The reason everyone was so off about Trey Lance coming into this draft was because he didn't get half as much playing time as normal for a rookie quarterback to come out. So everyone was like, he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the exposure. Like, he's What do you not- mean half as much playing time? I believe he only played like a handful of games in the last like two years. And COVID was a big part of that. Oh, but right, he, right. he wasn't, he didn't have, and like the games that he played were good, but there wasn't a big stretch of information on him or stats to make an like an actual judgment. So I told I told you last time I don't know. I'd watch before you came in. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of his tape. I had never seen the guy throw a football. I st- I haven't gone back and, and watched much. I haven't seen much of him this preseason at all. I haven't seen many highlights. So like I don't know a hell of a lot about him. But that is a red flag it is. when it's like oh you haven't really played exactly. So that's the 49ers definitely took a risk on him because. When you watch him play, he's very talented. But especially, like, we're seeing Trevor Lawrence struggle a little bit. And granted, it's preseason. I'm not going to get on the Trevor Lawrence. I'm worried it's overtrained. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be great. I think he's going to have a great NFL career. He's just upset that they cut Jesus. (laughs) Oh, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, We'll get into that. We'll we'll get into that. Go ahead. Um, Freaking Tim Tebow, man. Um, (laughs) That was a whole thing. But no, I do. Greatest blocker of all time. 
That's all I'm saying. That was so embarrassing. It was the worst thing I've ever watched. I don't want to get you off topic. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. We'll come back. All right. Um, But I do think if Trey Lance can sit for at least till week six, kind of see how the NFL, see how an NFL game is run, watch Jimmy G do it with the what I've seen from him talent wise, if he can understand the flow of the game, he is going to be exceptional. He's got a cannon. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's got great. a cannon. He's got the athletic ability. If mentally he can manage a team and make it happen, they are set and they just got a gold mine because nobody was really sold on him. So it can work out. So that's kind of why I'm very hype on the 49ers because I think they're in a perfect situation to where if Jimmy G can come out and if he isn't great, they have that backup that I think will take off. So we'll see. Well, we were talking a lot about the upcoming rookies last time, and that was we were talking like a few days before the draft, and then the episode was coming out a few yeah. days right after the draft. So we didn't even know where they were going to be landing. But now we've had a full preseason. We're headed into week one here. We're recording right before the season. So we already touched on Lance, obviously, completely, and then we got to Lawrence a little bit. But there's also Fields and Mac Jones, yep. who both have been big storylines. And preseason. Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson. Yeah. Right. And and actually, let's start with Zach Wilson. Okay. Because you know I'm not sold on him no. like up here because, you know, the whole went from BYU to New York <laughs> City. I don't really know about that. He also looked, we were recording right before the draft, so we didn't get to talk about this. But when that one dude threw up the crip sign, I mean, he looked he, like he pieced in yeah. two seconds. He was like, nah, I'm, I'm not about this life right here. On the draft night, he literally looked like he belonged in a Disney Channel movie about the <laughs> NFL draft like that. He, he looked more like an actor paid to be there than an actual NFL quarterback. That's good. I haven't heard that, but that's good. So the surprise there has been he's he's garnered a lot of attention from their locker room in the preseason. Like they like him a lot and he hasn't seemed like the moments too big for him or anything like that. The huge caveat though, is that, and I remember this well, cause they used to be my next door neighbors. The same exact story and narrative was out about Sam Darnold mm-hmm. during his rookie year. They even traded Teddy Bridgewater after the preseason. Cause they're like, Oh, Darnold's killing it. And then Darnold sucked. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to buy anything, and it's the goddamn Jets. You never know with them. Yeah. But Adam Gase is wh- out, though, wh- so wh- that's a big— That's huge. Yeah, But so what, what are your thoughts there on him? I, I think he's going to have a good season, and I think—statistically. I don't think the Jets are going to come out and be good yet, but I think Zach Wilson himself will—I think he's going to have a decent season. I think he's going to be a good quarterback, and— I feel like he's going to be a Philip Rivers kind of vibe where he's always going to, you're going to know who he is. He's going to be in the conversation, but I don't think he's ever going to make it to like that big moment kind of thing. That's what I see for him. Just kind of riding out middle of the line. You're not worried about, but who knows though, because the NFL is very impatient now. So true. Philip Rivers made his career at a very good time. I don't think Philip Rivers would have lasted as long as he did if he started playing right now because everyone wants results and they want him now. So if he couldn't get to the big moments, if he couldn't close a Super Bowl, you're you're not going to be able to last now. Like, I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Jimmy G is a good example. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they're fading him out. You made it to the Super Bowl. You couldn't win it. Last year, you get injured. You can't last the whole season. Now you already have a backup. That's literally breathing down his neck because his preseason was exce- like exceptional. Yeah. 
So it's a big question mark. I will fight with you about the Sam Darnold thing, though. I think Sam Darnold, I think he's going to go out in Carolina and be great. Like, I think Sam Darnold is a great quarterback. He reminds— Mono Sam. Mono Sam. Scary ghost seeing ghost Sam. Do you remember that? (laughs) It's like I'm seeing ghosts out there, I think he is an excellent quarterback. He reminds me, and I don't want to put him as high up on this pedestal because Josh Allen is on a completely other level— but I think Sam Darnold has a lot of Josh Allen qualities. He's got that big body. He can move. He can break tackles. Like, if he can find an offense that works, I think we see a completely different Sam Darnold than we saw in New York. I will say this. This seems like distant history now, or ancient history, however you say it. But if you remember Josh Allen's, I wanted, was it, did he start as a rookie? I don't think so, no. No, so it was his first full season as a QB, which was the 2019 season. Yes. So if you remember, they came out pretty hot that year, and then he was like back and forth the rest of the year, and it's like, oh, is this guy good? Does he suck? He's got a great arm, but I don't know. And then he had a playoff game against the Texans where he, I think he had like six brain aneurysms. Like there were like, Mm -hmm. there were five or six plays there where it's like, I think that man just departed this planet and there's nothing (laughs) going on up there. And so I remember thinking going into that offseason, like, damn, he's going to have a short leash. And then he comes out last year and he's like an MVP candidate. And he was phenomenal. And he had it upstairs. So like, I could see something like that happening. The thing about Darnold, though, is that he just has that, you know, not to be too stereotypical, but he's got that like chill Cali bro vibe. He doesn't. And maybe that'll work well in Carolina where they got like 10 fans down there, you know, not not New York. Sorry, Carolina. But, you know, I could see it. It's just you do need to be a bit of a dog in today's NFL. I mean, I think you had to be a bit of a dog 20 years ago, too. I'm just saying, like, with all the attention that comes on to every team, no matter what your fan base looks like, because it's it's constantly in the media and there's social media and there's constant attention. The quarterback position is the most important position in sports. Like, you better be able to be a dog, and I don't know that he's got that. Well, it's ironic that you say that, and I can't believe I'm bringing him up this early, but let's talk about Justin Herbert because we know it's my favorite topic. He actually... There was, I'm not, this is relevant though. There was an, turned it right over to Herbert. <laughs> there was an ESPN article that just came out that where he talked about being, because remember when he got drafted, everyone was like, I don't know if he can be a starting quarterback because he's so shy and he's so quiet. And he just came out and talked in this article about being an introverted quarterback. Mm. And when I tell you the quotes from his teammates and like the way he talked about it and the way they talked about it, it kind of reminds me of what you just said about Sam Darnold being like the chill Cali bro. And not, you don't know if it's going to be able to work. But if you can, I, I, I can't remember who said it and it's going to piss me off. But someone in the article said when bullets are flying at them on the field and the game's on the line and Justin can look them all in the eyes and just be calm and say, I believe in all of you and we're going to get it done. And it's kind of that calm way, but it makes them all feel comfortable. So it's not that necessarily necessarily it's not a dog mentality but it's still that calm cool and collected leadership that for some reason works for them so if sam darnold can kind of take a page out of that book and make it work without being that super aggressive man-eating quarterback it can work there's definitely been guys who can lead like that in the past but like they also have the stoic vibe yeah like herbert one thing i definitely missed on him coming out is 
I think, you know, people looked at the long hair and everything and you were looking at it for other reasons, but they, they kind of like saw this kid from U of Oregon who's like just out there chilling, but he's a very stoic guy. Mm-hmm. He is very serious. He, he doesn't, he's very unshakable. Yeah. Darnold doesn't give me that vibe. Like That's Darnold's fair. just a, a bro. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fair. That's just, there's always, he's the guy who's dumb enough to say out loud, I think I'm, I'm seeing ghosts while, out there. While he's in mic'd the, up. <laughs> literally while he's mic'd up. Like... <laughs> With the New York media right there after I remember I was working at NFL Films at the time that that happened. I think I was literally working that game, and we all saw, we had the subtitles <laughs> on, and we sat in the room and we went, oh, no. Like, just immediate, like, what are we going to do? All right, like, all right, here's a serious question. All right. How often are you guys in that room, and the subtitles start to come across mm-hmm. from the raw cuts, and you're like, Ooh. Oh, yeah, a oh, lot. Oh, we can't go with that one. Yeah, a oh, lot. Oh, his career's over if we put that one yeah, out. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot more than you think. <laughs> that's like, that's my nightmare. I, and I'm always impressed. I, I don't know if they're, are they forced to do it like some of the guys? Are they forced to be mic'd up? I I don't know if they're forced to, but they encourage it. I would never say yes no, to that. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck you. You're not putting a mic there in was, here. There was another guy on the Chargers who I guess wanted to be mic'd up so bad and finally got it. And him being mic'd, it was just the cutest, like purest experience. <laughs> and then there are some people, Justin mic'd up. He was like, I'm not talking at all. This is the only time you're ever going to get me to do this. Like, it's just depending on the dude, like. I guess I, I'm just like trying to imagine Kevin Garnett mic'd up in an NBA game. I think I think he'd be in prison. Yeah, probably. I think they would bury him under the jail. Probably. Afterwards. Embiid? Can you imagine Embiid mic'd up? Embiid's like got that. He has that. He's trash talking, ta- but like laid back, kind of funny, like language barrier up? guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah. But it's not. It's not like Garnett, who that's I can't true. even repeat the things yeah. that guy says. On the yeah, court. that's fair. Like Embiid's just a shit talker. <laughs> Garnett's like, I'm going to kill your whole yeah. fucking family, and I'm going to eat him in front of you. Yeah, I'll burn their house to exactly. the ground. Exactly. <laughs> like some of the guys in the league, like they won't even talk about yeah. what Kevin Garnett used to say to them. It was that bad. That's scary. Yeah, a little scary. <laughs> but you, you guys did have Herbert. Mic'd up one time last year? No, not last year. It was just this like preseason. It was camp. He got uh, mic'd up. And it was just him running through drill. And it was funny because I watched obviously the full like five minutes of it, but most of it was silent. Of course you did. Of course I did. Yeah. It was just like him in the zone. Doing nothing. Yeah, doing up no- just doing Showing. his thing. Yeah, he skips a lot. And it was cool. He what? He skips. He was like skipping all the time. What do you mean skips? Like literally, like skipping. Oh, you were watching him skip. Yeah. And he just wasn't talking and it was like, yeah. Okay, right, cool. I'm gonna leave that there. All right, but on on to Herbert's football. Actually. Okay, so all right, sophomore slump or sophomore bump? Oh, bump, bump. He's just getting started, especially now with a new coach. And I say this all the time: I never want to talk shit on Anthony Lynn because I just think he's an incredible human being. But him coaching for them was just not it. There was a lot of big question marks, a lot of missed opportunities that the team itself could have done given different coaching opportunities. Um, so I think new guy coming in, it's going to be – I think if they don't make the playoffs, I will be shocked because they were so close last season. Oh, I season. agree. I agree. They, they got to make it. Yeah, they have. It's <clears throat> If they don't make the playoffs, he had a huge sophomore slump. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. That's how it's going to go. It's a mess. Because he – look, I'm not going to lie. He looks pretty goddamn good. Like some of those balls. Do I say was, we put him in – MVP conversation? 
all right, that might be a little premature, but I could see like if he has a big bump, mm-hmm. yes, hundred percent, like, he will be in that conversation. See, he's got a cannon, but like he's got unbelievable touch. He's got like he has that kind of touch that when Nick Foles decided he was going to be good at football every mm-hmm. once in a while, yeah. that yeah, like when it's I'll die on this hill. By the way, when Nick Foles would like ball, yeah, like at the points in his career where he's like, I think I'll play well today. There's nobody better. Yeah, I mean he's that great, and the the best part about him was his deep ball. Like he's got it. He's got a very solid arm. It's not like unreal, but it's it's a cannon, mm-hmm. and his deep ball has this soft like fucking floating touch on it. And I see that like when I'm watching Herbert, I'm like, oh, it's got like that. It's it just looks easy. Stuff. Yes, yes. You know, Nick Foles is the greatest backup quarterback of all time. I agree with that. You're yeah. not going to get any argument. Yeah. Who was the who was the one guy that won for Washington back in the day? Who was a backup? Oh, wait, I rem- and there weren't there a lot of comparisons? Like there was scary comparisons to him and Foles? Yeah, it wasn't Doug Williams was a starter. But there was another guy. I feel like. I can't remember his name. But either way, like that's so rare. Yeah. That that happens. Oh yeah. That's why did we talk about Gardner Minshew? You said you'd give me 3 oh, minutes. God. All right, this is why. You didn't wear the mustache in, so that I was didn't, a good I know. Start. I did say I was going to wear a mustache on there the was, show. I just want to say there was no one more upset about that news than me. Why? When I saw that coming. Because I'm never going to hear the end of it. I love it. I love everything about exactly. it. Exactly. I'm never going to hear the end of it. That's incredible. Um, I said it, and I'm so mad. I spent hours digging. I said it. Like, casually on one show, I would pay money to send Gardner Minshew to Philadelphia, and I need to find the clip of it. Um, you know, I just think it's a great move. And speaking of Nick Foles, we forget the importance of a backup quarterback. And I think Gardner Minshew brings in that swag. Now, granted, right now he's listed as QB3 behind Flacco, which I don't understand. He had some bright moments in preseason. Fine. He has to learn the offense. I know, but I'm just like not on the Flacco train. And I, I love, I love the story behind it. He's a Philly dude. Bring him in. But his time's over. Like he, I wouldn't trust him. God forbid anything happen to Hertz and because that's the only reason Gardner Minshew or Flacco would play. I think Hertz is going to come out and have a great season. I, think- I don't, I don't, but here's, here's the other thing. I agree. You need to have a good backup quarterback, but not to say that there were like a ton of expectations coming onto that team in 2017 the year. They ended up winning the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but still there's such low expectations with this team. And also the chances of you, as amazing as that was, the chances of you getting a backup quarterback who's going to be able to win you a Super Bowl, it is well inside of one yeah. percent. You know what I mean? So I don't no, get that, that concerned. Our Super about Bowl it, was a miracle, but, but all you also have to think of it too, like not even just to that extent. But if Jalen Hurts comes out this season and is doing great and we're looking good now for the Eagles, Super Bowl should not be. I mean, I guess. It's always the goal. It's always, it's it's always, always the, the goal. goal, but I think reaching playoffs this year would be a win. I would sure. I would be thrilled if we can make it to playoffs, even if it's a wild card, even if we don't take the division. That would be a win just because it would make me feel so much better. It, we'd be moving in the right direction from last season. Say, and like I don't want to speak anything into existence, but God forbid something happens to Jalen, even if it's COVID-related, injury-related, something happens where he's out for a couple weeks. You need someone that is going to be able to come in and just make sure you don't tank for those couple of weeks. 
So when I get super hype about Gardner, I don't think he's going to come in and win a Super Bowl for us. But I would feel much more comfortable for him to carry us over a couple weeks or over a couple games to sure. make sure we don't shit sure. doesn't hit the fan. Agreed. Flacco, I don't get that. Like, I just think we, like, if they said Hertz is out, Flacco's in for three, four weeks, I'd panic. Immediate panic. I, I don't think he could step up and do it. Gardner, I don't see him as a starting quarterback, but I do think he would, especially with his swag and our vibe, I, for some reason, just think it would work. If, if worst case scenario, if it had to. I would not want to have Minshew Mania in Philly. Oh, I love it. I could see I'm it. literally going to get a jersey the yeah. second they're made available. Yeah, he's going to be a fan favorite mm-hmm. here. There's no Even doubt as QB3, that. I will rep his jersey so hard. He, but that's the thing. Like, they have to bring him in as QB3. I that know. doesn't mean that it's week five, he's not going to be QB2. I know. But they have to do, like, you can't just come in and pick up the offense in like a day. Like, if he had, if you were put in the game on Sunday, we're fucked. Like, yeah, it's over. True. Like, he, you know, you might as well have the punter in there playing quarterback. <laughs> but still, I think I, I agree with your point that if you're looking at the backup as, like, not the extreme situation like we had in 2017 yeah. where Wentz is out for the season, yes, you need you need your, your A.J. Field. Mm-hmm. You need your guy who can come in and plug the holes. I think he could do that. But with Flacco, his whole thing is, like, I think it's a psychological thing as to why – He's and he's older. He's thirty six, but like we see guys at quarterback, they can play till they're old now, and yet he doesn't look anything like no. he used to look. I think it's because he came into the league and he was he started right away, and he was never on a bad team. Mm-hmm. They were contenders from the time he stepped into the league, and so then when he got like seven eight years into his career, and then suddenly they started rebuilding a little bit. I think psychologically, you know, he got paid too. He had won a Super Bowl. I think he kind of checked out. It's not like he wanted to check out, but I always got the feeling like, imagine playing with three, four Hall of Famers, whatever it was, for five, six years. Yeah. Winning a Super Bowl, contending every year, playing against Tom Brady deep into January, playing at the highest level, and then suddenly it's like, oh, we're rebuilding. It's very hard to get yourself up for that because the guy had never known what it's not like to go far since... Like the beginning of college, yeah. even at Delaware, you know, playing at small Delaware, he's going to the national title. Yeah. His last year there. That's fair. And I also think, too, I, the vibe I get from him is that he's just kind of going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Like last year, remember he was dealing with that neck thing and he was kind of just like, I'm pretty sure he was cleared to play. And he was like, I'm just going to take a couple <laughs> extra weeks. I'm just going to sit and watch, like, put whoever you want in. Like, it just seems like he's, he's like, kind of over it. Do you remember that? No. Um, That's fucking great. I'm not. I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm not. Because I remember sitting there, and I remember reading this article, and I was like, what is happening? And he was just, like, working out his neck, like, on the bench, and you saw him doing it. But, like, I'm pretty sure he was, like, good to play and just wasn't, like, and maybe it was precautionary. He didn't want to make anything worse. He is older. But, like, I just don't get, like, that oomph from him. You want no. to talk about being a, like, I get no dog vibes. I don't get a bark. I don't even get a whimper. Like, I just get some guy that isn't totally ready to throw in the towel and wants to be on a roster. And especially for his home team. I know. But, yeah. I know. And he's only 36. I say only 
It's like you see these guys. Rodgers yeah. is what, like 37? We saw McCown. Brady's Leave 85. Leave everything on the field for us. McCown was playing at like 44 and coaching yeah. a high school team at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Like these guys can play long. And you saw Derek Carr said it a few weeks ago. I, I heard this quote. I agree with him. He might have gone a little overboard, but he's like, I feel like I'm 20. He's like, I'm turning 30, but he's like, with all the resources we have now, if you give half a shit about this, he's like, how could you not feel that And he stays in good shape. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's like, I feel like I could, I, maybe I'll, I think he said something like, maybe I'll feel differently. Talk to me in like six, seven years, but he's like, I feel like I could play to 45. Yeah. Like, I feel, I feel like a kid. And at that position, it's different for other positions, but at that position, nowadays with the resources, you can. I mean, you look at other sports too, where it's not as you know, physically injury prone problems, but like, you know, LeBron can play at this high level because he can invest a million and a half dollars into his body every year. You know, like we have those resources. It's not like 50 years ago where they were smoking a cigarette and having a diet Coke at half. Yeah. There's a big difference. And also the league itself is changing. There's so many rules that protect the quarterback. They're not getting, it's not the same for them. I mean, even every position, it's not the same that it was. It's not as hard hitting and it's still very dangerous, especially compared to everything else. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to diminish that, especially with all the CTE stuff coming out, but it is the game has a different feel to it. And especially quarterbacks, there's not getting hit in the same way that they used to. So it does benefit them. The NFL is in a weird spot because they have a few different things true all at once. Number one, they have to keep the game entertaining, and the best way to keep it entertaining as far as what sells is scoring. Mm -hmm. So they're going to favor the offense on rules. Number two, they have all kinds of lawsuits coming in from all these past generations where guys were fucking killing each other. Yeah. And so now, with all the CTE problems and dodging that, they need to protect the players more. And then number three, you add all that together, you create a softer game in the process. And that's the negative of it. Like, yeah. oh, is that going to kill the game? Because people learn to enjoy this based on people hitting each other hard and, you know, the yeah. part of football. And that's still there, but it's not, even compared to a decade ago, it's nothing like it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you remember Brian Dawkins? Oh, yeah. He could never play today. Never. Nope. Never. He would be literally thrown out of a game. He'd be thrown out of the game. Probably every game. <laughs> and he was his textbook of a tackler exactly. as there is. Yep. He wasn't doing anything wrong. No. But it was just, it's so different. You just see that change. And it's good. Granted, it's good. But at the same time... Is it? I agree with for, you. It's good for the, for the players. For, the, for yeah. health reasons, it's yes. good. But for <clears throat> us watching, it's not as fun. For them, it might not be as much fun i'm sure they want to go out there and kill each other i'm sure they want that freedom but at the same time you gotta like it's it's so wishy-washy i think about me at like age 20 mm -hmm. age 21 when these guys are coming out of college to play in the league yeah. and like how dumb i was and i'm like now imagine me being like 250 and yoked <laughs> with a four five forty and getting to hit motherfuckers for a living yeah I would have played with reckless abandon. Oh, yeah. Out of concussion. Get the fuck out of here. You, like, that it's like Jonathan been my... Abrams. He's yeah. the perfect example of that. The recklessness. He plays with smelling salts in his helmet. <laughs> like, he's literally a beast. Like, you're not thinking about when you're 40. No. You're not thinking about when you're 50. Did you see last season, there was literally one time, and it was scary for a minute because I'm. he was either knocked unconscious or, like, very... He hit his head really bad, but he was moving so quickly, he hit, like, a light or something off the field and hit his head and was literally out. 
Like, he literally was just moving so quick, he could not stop. And Who was this? Jonathan Abrams. Oh, it was him. Yeah. And he, he was hurt, like, early on in his rookie season, but he plays with just, like, that reckless. It feels like old football watching him. Are you pulling up the play? Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up the play because I got to see this. Is this what you're talking yes, about? Where yes. he knocked himself out? So he hit a, He was running so fast that the play was over and he hit a light off the field? He hit something off the field. I can't remember what it was. It was like a block or something. Okay. I don't know. By the way, for the audience, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put this on the video. So if it's not there, that's why. See? Wait. I didn't see anything. Wait, here. See, he's laying on the floor over here. Oh, shit. He's dead. No, like he literally. I was not looking at him. Oh, he hit the camera. Yeah. He hit the, ca- the Bro, base the of the fuck? camera. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, he, nothing happened. He, he's lying. So they're going. He's behind the he's, play. Yeah. He's running and after the guy, grabs the guy. Gets turned around and then whacks the base of the camera. But it looked like he barely hit it. So the ca- it's one of those moving camera bases where they have yeah. the camera up in the air like a crane. And then they have like the golf cart bottom so that yeah. they can like make it move. But I'm trying to see like where he hits. So because he, I don't he know how he gets underneath. knocked unconscious. Yeah. Where- I, I think it hits right here. It must have, there must have been something sticking out that like hit that weird area between your neck and your head. Yeah. And it must have just, you know, like how the jujitsu guys will yes. like cut off circulation. Because look at where the thing. I th- I, that could be wrong, but anyway. Go okay. Ahead. <laughs> See where the thing like stops, like where it like slants. I literally think he hit right there in between helmet and shoulder pad. Yeah. That's a little more incidental, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. With these guys. Some of these guys, they're still wired like that. Like I'm going to run through this motherfucker yeah. and kill him. And, you know, especially when you're younger, you're not thinking like that. And then if you stay in that lane. You know, you're 27, 28, you've been doing it for six years. You, you think Vontez Burfick was thinking about, no, no. He's like, I'm. my job is to kill that guy. I'm yeah. going to kill that guy. Oh, there it is right there in slow-mo. Okay. Wait, now we're going to see it. So he comes down underneath, trips, he was stopping his knee from buckling. I still don't see don't, like a yeah. hard hit though. I don't know how he was knocked out. And then he ran off the field. So it must have been like some weird ticky-tacky whatever. No, he's watching him on Hard Knocks. He is literally like the most like he they were yelling at him in practice. They were like, you can't. They weren't doing like full tackles yet. And he was just annihilated. They were like, this is your teammates. Like, please be gentle. Like, he's just so like, I want to kill people all the time. And like literally plays with smelling salts in his helmet. Like that mentality. He's insane. And I love everything about him. He's fantastic. And we worship that. Yeah. You know, we, and that's when I think about the game. I mean, you brought him up already, but I think like Brian Dawkins. I yeah. think these guys who played like that, it's just, it's scary because it's such a real thing that like, I, I don't want to just always go to, oh, he must have CT, like talking about all these people, but you do see it with some of these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when I had Grant Wiley in here, his buddy, Chris Henry, who was he was a stretch wide receiver. This was not a guy going across the middle of the field. Yeah. He was a speedster who died tragically in a car accident while he was in the NFL coming into his own. But he was, I believe he was the first guy to be confirmed to have CTE because his mom donated his brain yeah. after his death and they were able to confirm that he had it. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, that dude had it. What the hell do all these other guys yeah. have? You know, and that's a scary thing because you, you know, 
you see some of these stories. I don't know. Did did you see the guy last year? He was he was a player for like five six years. Philip something. I'll pull up his name later, but because I forget it. But he was a safety for five six years in the NFL. He killed like a whole family or something like oh, that. Oh yes, murdered them yes. in their homes. And of course, my number one empathy is for the family. That's yeah. that's a horrible tragedy because then he killed himself and it was a whole thing. Yeah. No, but, I do remember this. After I feel that, I then look at him and you start reading up about him and like some things that were going on. And I'm like, how sane was he? Yeah. It's a legitimate question. It is. And like, to me, if someone, if someone goes out and commits homicide, it commits mass homicide, there's something wrong with them, right? They're, even if they're just purely evil, there's something wrong with them. But you see some of these guys who never had a pattern for mm-hmm. any of that. They never heard of an animal, let alone a human. And then suddenly like they snap. And they black out and you hear about these events and you're like, I don't know about this shit. No, and it's hard too because you don't want to feel like you're making an excuse for them. Exactly. But at the same time, and you're not like I'm not it's what they did was inexcusable and they deserve the punishment, but it is sad because like you said, you grow up, you never see any pattern of that, never sign no sign of it. And then all of a sudden it just like happens one day and they're young when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, they're not old. But they also age, like when they leave the league, some of these guys, wow. I mean, because they can't, they lose the ability to do some basic things. And that's why these days, it's it's sad that we have to feel this way, but I'm, I happily feel this way. When I see some of these guys who are great just walk away, 28, 29, yeah. and they're like, hey, I, as far as I can tell, I have all my faculties. Like, I'm going to check out. I'm yeah. like, dude, do you, man. Andrew like, Luck, it was one of those moments where I was like, good for you. But at the same time, my heart broke. He also played the game differently than yeah. a lot of quarterbacks. He took hits. Yeah. He ran oh, into he was, stuff. Yeah. You know, he was the nicest guy ever on I the field. Know. <laughs> he would literally like annihilate someone and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, do you need help up? That was, a, gr- that was yeah. a great hit, man. Great hit, great hit. <laughs> He's, he's like this mouth breather, like kind of nerdy guy, but he benches like 450 and tells you great hit after yeah. you like whack him. And it's like, what a guy. But yeah, I mean, that's a good example because he wasn't your typical pocket quarterback who's just like, you know, throwing the ball out, running out, mm-hmm. out of bounds. He he took hits, but, you know, the offensive lineman, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like a car crash every play. Yeah. Which is scary. And now, especially with quarterbacks too, you're kind of moving in that direction where people want the mobile quarterback. And yeah, like I said earlier, there are a lot more rules in place to protect them. But in those situations, if you're out on the run, there's no, you're a running back or a receiver. Like you're going to get hit the same way. So. I I don't know, because if you look at the game, it's like they're going in both directions at the same time. That's the one thing. Like, yes, they have a more mobile mm-hmm. quarterback coming in. Let's focus on that because that's the most important position and everything. They're also protecting the quarterback more yeah. than ever. So, like, even think about Cam Newton, and we can then transition to that now that I'm thinking about it. But think about all the wear and tear his body took because he's built like a brick shit house. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a he's a statue of God basically. Yeah. No, really. So, you have this 6 foot 6 behemoth of a human being running at you. Of course, you got to chip him and hit him. Yeah. And so he took like the refs also, I don't think they tried to, but they tended to call the game differently with him because of the physical threat he was. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, "Oh, well, how the fuck are we going to call a yeah. foul on these other guys?" But what happens is you see all the shoulder stuff and things like that. I'm sure there's been a lot of head stuff. That adds up. So he aged as a quarterback so much quicker. Because even last year, like when he looked good at times, it was still 
It's not his prime. He's not, yeah, he's not Cam. And no. he's only like 31, 32, yeah. you know? You know, that's a sad, we'll use this as a great segue. Um, I literally, in one of my last YouTube videos, sat and talked about how I was convinced Mac Jones wasn't going to play a single, he wasn't going to start a single game this season because I was so, I was a Cam optimist. And I was like, last season, we saw some bright moments. We saw some terrible moments, but he was out there laying everything out every game. Like he was trying. Yeah, he was. He Like he put his full effort into every game. That team, I don't want to say in shambles because I feel like that's really dramatic. I use that more to talk about the Texans right now. Um, <laughs> But they weren't the Patriots. No. Now, Bill Belichick had the one, he saw Brady and Gronk go win a Super Bowl, had his full spending spree, which is so unlike Belichick, puts a great team, starts building up the defense, does very well on offense. And I'm like, now Cam has options. He's got weapons. I'm like, this is a great team for Cam to kind of just get it all out of his system, see if he's still got it for this season, let Mac Jones sit and watch him. And then we'll see what happens next year. Now, Mac Jones, yeah, he had a good preseason. I still think it's dumb to start a rookie quarterback week one. And he still en- looks like a cheeseburger. He still looks like... Did you see the picture comparing him, his yeah. body, to Cam Newton? It was like one of these is a, the Patriot starter. The other one is unemployed. I'm actively rooting against him. Oh, me, I... I'm active. I'm And sorry. like, I don't want to, but I find myself in that same... Just because he's just... It frustrates me that he can just go out there, and I don't necessarily know if this is the case, but the vibes I get from him is he goes out there, he doesn't put full effort, he doesn't have his whole heart into it. He, I just don't get that. He just goes out there, and he's good, and he's a good quarterback. You're getting that because of like, how he looks. How he looks, yeah. just like the way he talks about, like just listening to him talk, I don't get like motivational, great quarterback vibes from him. I and I don't want to put too much of that on him because, like you said, it, it's different strokes, different folks with certain guys. Yeah. I, I'm not going to disagree. He doesn't exactly sound like this go-hung leader when when he yeah. talks. But, like, again, you, neither does Herbert. Like, That's you, true. You don't know. The thing is, you are a professional athlete. Prior to that, you were basically a professional athlete starting at quarterback for the University of Alabama. We know you're not going to class. You are yeah. there to go to the NFL. If that is what you are going to do, and it is not fucking curling, and you are going to get paid millions of dollars to do it, like if I were in that position, I would live in the fucking gym. I would have people on staff. I would not cook a fucking meal unless someone told me how to do it. When you look like you literally have eaten six meals off the fucking dollar menu in the last two days, and you talk like it too, I have no patience for that. Yeah. Like... He had that walk that's now the famous meme, like when he was walking yeah. to the stage. You, I, I'm sorry, man, but I can see your beer gut flying yeah. everywhere, and you're gonna play. You're gonna follow up Tom Brady. He looks like a substitute teacher, he, dude. He, that's really good. He looks exactly like a <laughs> yeah. substitute teacher, that, especially in the suit with that walk. He looks Ugh. like your teacher is out for the day. This is what we're going to be doing. I don't like talking shit on kids because he's still a kid and like he hasn't even played a snap. But like, get it together, man. Yeah, and I, I'm not gonna lie. I can't believe Belichick put up with that. I know. I can't. Like, maybe we're going to be shocked and the guy's going to have a six-pack by December. That's what I'm also, like, if any, if I trust any coach to make the right decision, especially at quarterback, I trust Belichick. I trust him. So there must be something in Mac Jones that he understands and sees that we haven't yet. He's friends with Nick Saban, too. 
Yeah, that's true. So, we'll but like see. even even that, who's who's he following up? He's following up Tua, who's obviously yeah. in shape. Jalen Hurts, who squats like seven hundred pounds. Oh yeah. It's like how do you sit in that quarterback room for three years and like keep pounding the double Mac or whatever the fuck it's called? <laughs> yeah. Like I, he, every, I guarantee you, if I started asking him fast food restaurants, he's gonna name every oh, single yeah. plate on all of them. Oh yeah, he'll know and the specials, the daily specials. I have no patience for that. Yeah, it's like it. Again, like if you're a curler, do you, man? Like you're not getting paid shit. But like, he definitely knows the Chick Fil A secret menu. <laughs> I just look. I, I I don't like rooting against people, but I I, I can't. I, it, it's why I hated CC Sabathia. Yeah, CC Sabathia is the most disappointing pitcher I have ever watched in my life in the major leagues because he was fucking incredible. Yeah, but he was a fat fuck, and so his career ended way too early. He was never he could never sustain the greatness he had. If CC Sabathia lived in a gym, if CC Sabathia had the late great Roy Halladay's work ethic, mm-hmm. his career actually might have been shorter because Roy Halladay outworked himself. But yeah. let's say like he controlled it a little better. CC Sabathia could win four hundred games. Yeah. He's that great. But yet he you know, and, and obviously he had other problems as well that we now know of off the field. But still, it's like, dude, you're an athlete. Yeah. There's really no excuse. There's none. There's none. So I'm curious to see there. You know, he's following up Tom Brady. Good luck. But that was shocking. Yeah. To see them unload Cam. Yeah. And part of me thinks, like, yes, Cam has not looked like the Cam we know and love. And I don't, I really don't think he's ever going to again. He's not going, getting back to his prime. I still think he can be good. I still think he can be a transitional starting quarterback for an organization that needs that, whatever. The fact that they're just so willing to cut him, not even have, and like, I say this too, I don't, he's not a QB, and it's weird. I feel weird saying this. I still don't see Cam as a QB too, even though he doesn't look the same way that he did back when he's still, especially to a rookie, it's hard to have Cam Newton, MVP, sitting behind you. It's just not fair. You you just don't do it. So I think the reason they actually cut him was because Belichick wanted to start Mac Jones week one, and you just can't bench Cam Newton. So he gave him the opportunity to go out and find his own starting QB role, which I don't know if he's going to unless he ends up in Houston. But And we can talk about that, but yeah. on, on the first point you made, Cam Newton is not unlike a lot of guys who have been great in this league, like him. You know, he was an MVP at the quarterback position. He's got a huge ego. Yeah. He's got a huge... They all do. Yeah. Every single one of them. You know, when when you're that... Maybe slightly with the exception of, like, a Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees always... But he's still a competitor yeah. and everything. Like, he didn't want Jameis starting over him. But, you know, he can have that... You know, when, when Garoppolo was playing, mm-hmm. Tom Brady was, like, spitting in his shoes before he put him on. Yeah. You know, there's, like, something there. With Newton, I completely agree with you. He was very supportive of Mac yeah. in the preseason, which they had I appreciated. Yeah, a cute friendship. That yes. was great. But like, I think he called him Mac and Cheese. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Cam's nickname for him. That's a great nickname. Yeah, because he has way too much Mac and Cheese. Yeah. Oh, I call him Big Mac. Big Mac. Mac Jones. Anyway, so I, I don't think it would have been the same with him sitting behind him. No. I don't think he could have handled that. And like, you saw him in the. 
you know, and these guys, they get in their own way sometimes. Like, you do have to have a little bit of self-awareness. You're playing for Bill Belichick now. And Belichick seemed to like Newton. Yeah. But, like, Belichick doesn't give a fuck. Like, you do one thing that's like, eh, I don't know about that. Like, he's going to cut ties. And in the off season, you know, he's going on the shop with Brandon Marshall and all these other guys talking about, there are not 32 quarterbacks in this league better than me. <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And then... That adds up, you yeah. know, and then Belichick's like, okay, well, I know you're not the long-term solution, so I might as well just cut yeah. ties now. I get it. I just, I was still surprised because I just, I wasn't sure that Mac Jones w- was ready to go, but I guess, I guess we'll have to find out here. Yeah, no, it that threw me. And I woke up and the first thing I saw was Mac Jones QB1. And I was like, damn, really? And then I saw the post Cam Newton released like two seconds later. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But they did it. We'll have to see how it plays out. I'm not a fan of it. I think it's very, very dumb. I think if anything, you start Cam first couple weeks of the season. If you're not sold, if you want to see what Matt can do, then you throw him in there. I think this is an interesting way of going about it. But like I said, it's Belichick. If I'm going to trust anybody to make the right decision, I trust him. So Yeah, it's going to be – and I, I want to give him time. I want to give him more than a couple seasons. I, I really got to see the body of work over like five post-Brady yeah. to get a real idea. But he did go on a spending spree this year. He did. Which tells you maybe a little competitive yeah. juice has flown. Oh, he does not – I mean, and the, it's not even like the Patriots were bad last season. They were just mediocre. Yeah, and they, they got were, they had injury problems. They had, yeah. Like, they were middle of the line. They still have some injury problems, but – I'm pretty sure Gilmore isn't playing until at least week seven. I got to check that. I'm yeah, not sure, so but. I'm pretty sure he's out for a big chunk of the first couple weeks. That sucks. He's phenomenal. I know. And I got the Patriots defense in fantasy, and then they came out, and I was like, <laughs> damn. But anyway, um, no, I don't know. He he. They literally, like I said, one season mediocre, and then he goes out and spends the most money that like any team has ever spent ever, I think minus the Miami Dolphins a couple years ago. Now you're starting your rookie quarterback. It's like he's just ready to have a new team that's playoff bound. Can And can you imagine, too, if – and I literally think this is his twisted mindset. He wants to meet Brady in the Super Bowl and play against Brady. And I think he's trying to build a team that can do that. Yeah. They're, they're both wired the same way. Yeah. Brady and Belichick. And, like, I do believe the innuendo that they were both kind of ready to – be separate, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I think Belichick begrudgingly kind of respected that Brady lasted longer than he assumed he could, and he was just like, "All right, I don't want to just keep being wrong. Like, let's or whatever it is. I don't want there to be friction. Like, you've won six here, go somewhere, and you know we'll see if you win one." And then he does. Yeah, he did go to a perfect situation. Oh, well, like they gave him anything he wanted and then some and the roster yeah the oh, roster yeah. Was, was that's that's what i'm talking about too yeah, the roster was ready to go and i think part of it like even if he was going to leave because of the belichick thing brady still even if he and belichick were hunky dory and wanted to ride off in the sunset together i think he still would have thought about it oh yeah because he was looking at that Patriots roster, and every year matters to him at this point, because it's like, you know, you never know when Father Time, even with him, is just going to be like, all right, fuck you, and you're done. Yeah. He's looking at that roster. They were in purgatory heading into last year. Oh, yeah. They finally had a little bit of flexibility heading into this year, but he saw that his last year there, they had no flexibility, and he had a shitty roster. 
that he couldn't go very far mm-hmm. and that he got blamed for it. And maybe that some of that's fair. And then he's like, well, it's not going to be any different next year. So I don't want to waste another year. Go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I could see at least even with the Belichick thing, I could see that that might have been, say, like 40, 50% Probably. of the decision. You know, so now Belichick, he might have felt a hole in his pocket. Like, oh, I got to go out and yeah. do a lot. But we'll see. I, I think it's, I don't think he's got to worry about playing Brady this year if he's playing a rookie quarterback. Yeah. But that you know. would be, I, I would be, I would genuinely be so pissed. If Mac Jones, as starting quarterback, rookie season, comes out and just pulls this Patriots team all together and they make this incredible Super Bowl, I'd be pissed. If they go to the Super Bowl, I don't ever want to hear a question again about who's better between oh, Brady and Belichick. That, that would over. end it. Yeah, It's over. You're never bringing that up again. No. Like, obviously, they're both gods. Let's just leave it that way. Like, it is what it is. But people are always going to do that. It's just, I don't know. But I don't, I'm going to be curious to see how he rides him this year because I'm rooting against him, number one, but number two, against Mac Jones. But number two, I I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he's ready to go. Whereas the kid Fields in Chicago has looked to me, and he's, and this is interesting because he's not getting the start. Fields, it is preseason, but he's looked ready to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, I said it. I, I'm pretty sure I said it on here that Fields was going to be the best quarterback coming out of this draft. And I if I did. didn't say it here, I said it everywhere else too because uh-huh. I was sold on him and I was so pissed. I mean, I think it worked out great for the Bears. I think he's going to be their saving grace. And I they handled it perfectly trading up to get him. When we traded up that night, I had a moment of panic where we were going for him. And I was like, there's no way. I was like, we have to take Smith. I wanted Smith so bad. No, you know we're trading for Deshaun Watson in like two weeks. Oh, I just got another. On my, <laughs> on my way. I'm not joking. On my way here, I got a notification. Is Philly still running for oh, Deshaun? Okay. I was like, I'm just throwing my phone out the window. All right, we're holding off that yeah. one. Stay on fields. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We'll um, get to that. So the fact that he is coming out, and like you said, it's preseason. It's hard to really judge. But when you see all of the fundamentals working in the exactly the way you wanted them to and he just plays with such a maturity and i'm pretty sure he said it the nfl feels slow to him which is remarkable for a rookie quarterback not not a smart quote but not especially in the preseason because once you get into the regular season swinging things and everyone's it's all starters all playing 150 percent, it's gonna feel a lot different but you saw Trevor Lawrence bobble a little bit, and like I said, I'm not worrying about it, but for him to kind of get that feel and feel comfortable already going into it and to look as good as he did, I just think he's going to be spectacular. I think he's going to have an excellent career. I am beyond livid, and I know you see my Twitter. I freak out probably every day that Andy Dalton is QB1. I have taken a step back, though, and I realized this on Onside Checks. Me and Kaylee pulled up the Bears' schedule. They open up this season against the Rams. In L.A.? I don't know if it's in L.A. or not, but they're playing the Rams. So for a rookie quarterback with the Bears O-line that is non-existent. Aaron Donald. To take on Aaron Donald, that's a lot. So then you have that. I can't remember who they play week two, but week three, then they have to play the Browns, which the defense that they put together this offseason is beyond intimidating. So for those three weeks... I don't think week two is that bad, but once you put Justin Fields in, there's no taking him out. 
And yeah. you promised, you brought Andy Dalton here. You paid him. You told him he was QB one. Yeah. You made the whole Instagram post. You did the whole <laughs> Shabbat Shabang for him. You can't take it away now. I so hope they fired the social media head. They, they I really they hope so. That, yeah, they that was really bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. Because I think now they're just tied to that. Yeah. But I am so Justin Fields deserves QB one. There is no argument that Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton. However, with the way this team is looking, I am fine with them starting Andy Dalton the first couple of weeks, throw him to the wolves, let Justin Fields kinda sit back and watch, get the actual tempo for how regular season NFL football is gonna go, and then you put him in there and then he runs with this team and makes of it what he will. I have a little theory that they are trying to save face with agents Okay. about this. I, I like your theory, though, okay. and I think it could be a combination yeah. because their their schedule is brutal opening up. And I don't – even if Fields is great, I think it would be great along the lines of like a Kyler Murray where they still go like 5-11 and 11 exactly. or something like that. Because like – or 5-12 and 12 or 6 – whatever it is now yeah. with the 17 games. But that's a whole other thing. But – I do think that the Bears social media team aside, they definitely told this guy behind the scenes like, oh, you're going to be our quarterback one. And they got him to sign under those pretenses and then use the 11th overall pick on it was number 11. Yeah, it was 11. Yeah, on on fields. And now it looks like, oh, well, you just totally lied. And it is a business. You got to do what's best for the team and players have to be prepared for that. But there's still like that draft was a month and a half out when they signed Dalton. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that to guys, there is, you know, your word is your bond. How does that travel around the league? Like that's a real thing. And agents will absolutely play their players against that and yeah. be like, well, last time I dealt with this team, up, 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 happened. So I do think that it could be like a little bullshit throwing Dalton a bone to say, well, we made you QB1, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they'll throw him to the wolves and then they'll put in fields and say, well, we gave you your chance. I, I don't know, though. I, I think with fields, I thought that a lot of the criticism of him was very unfair coming out of college because I feel like they were just tying We I said this last time, mm-hmm. but I, to remind people, I feel like they were just tying him to Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm. which is totally bullshit. Yep. But, you know, he probably doesn't help himself saying like, oh, the game's slower than I thought it was going to be. I know. I think a little bit of protection and just kind of like wean him into it is good for him. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. And I also think... Matt Nagy, this is a make or break year for Matt Nagy. And he's been so on the Andy Dalton is starting train. And that might go along with the two theories that we already just discussed. But I think it's him kind of trying to like hold his ground and be like, I made the statement, I'm sticking to it kind of thing. Like Andy Reid with Doug Peterson. Exactly. So you have that. But I do think his job is going to come down to how he handles Justin Fields. Because if he leaves Andy Dalton in for too long and this team is tanking and looking terrible and you have Justin Fields on the sidelines like ready to go and you're not utilizing him. It's like, why? Like, what are you holding on to at this point? But also, if he throws Justin Fields in too early, like, there's a lot that could, I don't want to say go wrong because I think Justin Fields is going to be great, but I just think it's going to be him. However he handles Justin Fields is how his job is going to play out. Yeah, I, I, and first of all, I do think – I don't want to say ownership because I hope they're not, but I never like to see owners involved in shit. But there's no way the front office isn't going to be 
directly involved oh, yeah. with that decision making. Like they they'll probably I hope they give Nagy the final say, but there'll be a strong like okay, are we going to play? Yeah, it's Let's it's play. time now. And like that's a slippery slope. I don't love seeing that, but when it comes to like the franchise quarterback and your team already sucks anyway, mm-hmm. like I do think it's okay to have a little bit of a group decision there. So I don't foresee a situation where he's going to be like a hardo holdout and just like, oh, you know, I'm going to play Dalton for 12 games just because I want to and I'm the coach. But, you know, how much of what's his face? The hell was his name? Trubisky? Yeah. How much of Trubisky do they blame on him and say like, oh, he could have been good. Look, I think Trubisky just sucked. Yeah. I really do. I don't think... He always had a little bit of that deer in the headlights look out there. Yeah, he was always scared. Yeah, not not comfortable in the pocket. So I, I don't think that I I think they gave him every chance. I don't think that's so much coaching. Mm-hmm. And I thought the rest of the roster, at least for a couple of years there, looked like solid. Yeah. You know. So as a coach, and they liked him. And you know Nagy, he's literally known as like this quarterback guru. And he's known as a quarterback guy. So for Mitch Trubisky to be with him for as long as he was and not be able to improve really at all, like you saw some bright moments, but for the most part, it was static. He worked with Mahomes his, his rookie year. Yeah. So it's, I'm not, I don't blame Matt Nagy for Mitch Trubisky. I just think Mitch Trubisky isn't great. And I'm, I'm, I did enjoy though that little revenge game that he had as the Bills. He started for because he's the Bills' backup right now. Wait, wait, wait! I have to call a violation. Okay, you're not going to tell me there was a revenge game. In oh, the there preseason. was. Oh, there was in the preseason. Oh, it get was get the fuck out of here. It was very okay. fun to watch. I mean, he only played the first half, but he came <laughs> in and literally he played better as the Bills' <laughs> backup in Chicago than he ever did as the Bears' starter mm-hmm. in Chicago. It was just very fun to watch. I don't think the Bears cared. And it's, I doubt they cared, but yeah. it was more for me. Um, <laughs> even the fans, like the fans were rude. They were still asking for autographs. Like it was all feel good vibes, but I just liked it, especially just because I was pissed. This was before I had my mature awakening with maybe it is smart to hold Justin Fields. This is when I was being petty and selfish and I just wanted him out there. Um, I'm was, rooting for him. Big yeah. Time. Oh, me too. Opposite of Mac Jones. I'm a big Justin oh, yeah. Fields guy. I want to see him be great. Yeah. Um, and they were still clarifying Andy Dalton's QB1. I was pissed at them. And then Mitch Trubisky came out and ran all over. Oh, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> it was perfect. That was cute. Thank you. That was, that was very cute. Thanks. Pre, preseason revenge. Pre, preseason Mitch Trubisky revenge game in Chicago. But we, we actually started to talk about them earlier and got off it because we were talking about Josh Allen. But the Bills this year. Oh. If, the, the Bills might do some damage. If, like they, they might go... I could I could see them winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I see them fully going all the way. You think they're going to win the Super Bowl? I I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Interesting. I don't know. I I need to see how the season plays out. I need to see on the NFC side who's actually if the Bucks are going to freaking make another run for it or not. Um, I would be shocked if the Bills aren't there though. Yeah, I'm I'm not ready to make that prediction because the Chiefs are. In, on that side of the aisle. But I'm just saying, like, I will not be in the least bit surprised yeah. if, like, it's them and not the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I would just be shocked if the Chiefs do it three years in a row. I'd be shocked. Something's got something. And, like, that isn't even... The Chiefs are great. I will never knock Patrick Mahomes. I will never knock Andy Reid. But for the chips to fall into place three years in a row for you to get there. 
I mean, I, I'll just revert to this. He's the best football player I've he ever is. seen. No, I mean, he is. to be clear, just like we talked about last time, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes has a lifetime to ever touch that, yeah. right? But he, he he's the greatest football player talent wise I've ever seen. And we saw, and like I said, I will never knock him because what we saw in this past Super Bowl when his team was non existent and he was throwing his body horizontally, make, trying to do whatever he could for them. How many balls in the first half were oh, like was, this close? It was it was painful to watch. It was it was really bad. It, I think he ran before the pass. It was like 500 yards before getting just scrambling. I felt like that Super Bowl for him on an even greater level by number of plays that were like, holy shit, how did he pull that off? I thought it was an even bigger example of Brady 2012 yeah. when his whole team just decided they don't know how to catch a football yeah. anymore. You know, so I, I don't want to see him get blamed for that. No, like, it, I've, that was, I've never seen Mahomes not step up in no. a big game. He and it was it it really pissed me off more because he was getting passes off that were they easily could that he had no business making the throw and it came close enough to where they should have done everything in their power to reach out and grab it and no one was no one was going for it. And what what's his name? Um Kelsey? No. He the, pissed me off. The seal looking motherfucker. Um Who's the guy? Tyreek Hill? Ta no, Todd um the DC on uh Oh on on Oh my god, we get Yeah, the, the Todd Bowles. Yes. One of the best defensive game plans I have ever seen. Gave Patrick Mahomes Yeah, it looks like fucking seal. Like not the animal, like yeah. the, like the guy, the singer. But one of the best game plans I've ever seen yeah. against Patrick Mahomes and it was actually I shouldn't even say that. It was more against Patrick Mah like the offensive line. Because Patrick Mahomes, who's great at doing shit on the fly, he was forced to do it every single play. Yeah. And then his receivers were not making plays. I mean, there were there were three plays in the first half minimum off the top of my head. It's like, oh, that's a borderline touchdown. Like, like right there. Like yeah. He got a ball in a window and they just couldn't make the play. And that changes the game. And credit to Bowles because... You do enough of that, the percentages are going to play out. Yeah. doesn't matter how great the quarterback is. If, if you eliminate the other 10 players on the field, you're going to have success. Yeah. And then you have Tom Brady on your side, you know, and that whole offense. So that's why they won the game. Yeah. No, and it, it was crazy. The whole Buccaneers season, because the first half, the first couple games, the offense was a little shaky. Everyone was still trying to get into that groove. Their defense really didn't step up to like halfway through. And then it was their defense that literally got them to the Super Bowl and helped them basically. I don't want to say help them win it. I feel like defense did win it for them that day. I mean, Tom Brady looked great. Offense looked great. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't want to take anything away from Brady because he played great. Offense. Yeah. What'd they do? Like 33 points, something like that? Like, they, yeah, they, it was. They, they played great. Yeah. But the defense was unreal. Yeah. I mean, it was just. And, and they're, they're stacked. Yeah. They're stacked. And. Realistically, if you look at the NFC Championship game, they don't even reach Super Bowl without their defense. Tom no. Brady played like shit. In the, yeah. What, he, he had three well, interceptions? He played well against, I might be getting these mixed up. He played well against New Orleans in he, New Orleans. Yes. What was the first game they had? Washington, and Washington almost got the best of them with Taylor Heineke yeah. as QB1. Yeah. But they got through that game. He yeah. played well on the road against New Orleans. I think... And then in the NFC Championship, 
He played very well in the fourth quarter. He wasn't great for the yeah. game. But then in the Super Bowl, he was great the whole yeah. Super Bowl. I no, mean, he, he was, you know, I used, that was just a good all-around team win. But their defense yeah. was phenomenal. Just because you look at the other side of it, and it's like, can you imagine if Mahomes and their offense was having the best game of their life? And, like, actually yeah. giving offensive-wise a run for their money. Like, what could have happened? Oh, they have no prayer. Yeah. Them. Like, at this point, I'll have no hesitation. Give me Patrick Mahomes 30 times out of out of 20 yeah. over Tom Brady. And that's not a shot at Brady. He's playing amazing. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's the best player I've ever seen. Yeah. You know? So, when when that narrative was starting to come out afterwards, like, oh, Patrick Mahomes lost to Brady. It's like, Pat, no. all right, is Eli better than Brady? The Chiefs like, you know, lost to the stupid. Buccaneers. Patrick Mahomes did not lose yeah. that game. It's it's dumb. It's yeah. it's like, and that's why it's like I can sit there and say I'm not going to be surprised about the Bills because I do want to get back to that. But yeah. I'm not going to pick the Bills over the Chiefs. Okay, like I, I'm I'm not gonna. Okay, that's fair. And that's no shot at them. Yeah, it's just it's the easy thing to do, but sometimes the easy thing is also what's probably going to happen. Yeah. Oh, last year I said it in my first YouTube video ever, and I was doing my predictions for the season. I said it as a joke. I was like, watch, we're going to have a chiefs Bucks Super Bowl because it was the easiest. It made the most sense. You have super powerhouse, super team with Patrick Mahomes. You have Tom Brady building the same exact thing on the other side. It made sense. And what the frick do you know? It ends up being exactly that case. And then who was I'm trying to think who were who was in the divisional round? So you had Bucks, Saints. You obviously had Bills, Chiefs on the other side. Who were the other four? Who Ravens? Yep. Made it the first round. Titans. Titans lost the first round. Titans lost in the first round. Pretty sure didn't the Ravens beat the Titans? Wasn't that the big revenge? Yes, it was. You're right. You're right. But then who played? Who did the Ravens play? The Browns? Yeah, the Browns were in there. No, the Browns played against the Bills and lost Lost to the Bills. Bills. Okay. And then the Chiefs beat the Ravens. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then. And then Chiefs. The Bucks beat the Saints. And then who was? Packers. Packers, Packers, Washington. Packers, Washington. That's it. Okay. So actually, let's go there. Washington. Mm-hmm. Is there in division too? They're yeah. in the Eagles division. First of all, Chase Young is incredible. Yeah. There aren't enough he's, good. He's scary. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah. But he has one player on defense. Yeah. All right. Is is that a team that can take the next step? I, I still I think so. You do. I think they can make I don't want to say a playoff run but i think they make a playoff push i think they can easily win a first game of playoffs we saw them almost do it to technically the best team in the league i guess yeah and here's the thing every time i say that everyone's like oh we got ryan fitzpatrick at quarterback like how confident can you be they're one we just talked about defenses win championships their defense is terrifying like there's chase young is the biggest piece of that but overall their defense is is just doing incredible things so you have that you have ryan fitzpatrick as your starting quarterback their quarterback rotation also you have kyle allen and you also have taylor heineke who i really think is too low on this depth chart with what we saw him do in the playoffs against tom brady like he understands that offense he knows how to work other teams like he was 
out of the Saints and the Packers, he gave Tom Brady the biggest run for his money. Yeah, that's kind of crazy to think about. It's great. It was true. Like, he's the one that gave Tom Brady, like, the biggest, like, wow, we might be out. So, when you have that, granted, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to be good because that's just what he does. But other than quarterback, they got Scary Terry on offense. They got Antonio Gibson. Like, they Mm -hmm. have options. I think they can make something happen. Are they winning that division? I believe, yeah. They're yeah, going to be the first bet, repeat yeah. for, I think, since 2008. I think so. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a very long time. It's kind of weird, though, because like in the NFL, the wild card can actually... Now that it's expanded? Not even even before that, but yes. And I don't like the expanded wild card. It's not I, fair. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I, I appreciated the fact that the NFL was 12 out of 32 and not... Well, I guess it's like 14 now or whatever it is, but it wasn't... Is it 14 or is it 16? Is there, it went from... Remember. Wait, I think it's... Is no, it 8? No, it's it's 7 and 7. Because they play three games. Yeah. There's one, but that's Bye. what it is. So there's 14. But still, I liked how the NFL was like that, whereas the NBA does 16 out of 30, and it's it always felt like... To me, like the NBA would be perfect if it was six teams in the mm-hmm. playoffs. And they had like a first round where it was like a three-game series. That... I always wanted that. That would be insane. But they never did that. So, you know, I'm not huge on, on the wild card. But even before that that happened, you know, you did see it. One I remember off the top of my head was the Giants in 2007. And then I think again in 2012. I think both times. Yeah. They were a wild card. Went there like, it can happen, you know, because in, in the NFL, it's any given Sunday kind of deal. Yeah. But at the same time. It is kind of wild that that division, which is you know the East Coast NFC division, is like one, least. yeah one of yeah one of the biggest media attention divisions. It hasn't had a back to back winner, and yet there's been, I think in that time, three Super Bowl winners in yeah. there. So two Giants, one Eagles. That's nuts. It's crazy. I think it's because we're all on that same level of terrible, but then we have our bright really though, yeah. and then we have our moments. I guess not the Cowboys though. No, thank God. They don't get a moment. No. What 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 about them though? Because Dak's coming back, and like I, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. I hate all Cowboys. Oh yeah. I do. I will say I appreciate Dak. Oh, I respect him. I root against him because he's a Cowboy. Have no interest in him, but not to make too much out of it. But you see that disgusting injury last year. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to not realize how much that guy gives a shit. Oh yeah. When you you know that was not after the pain was gone and or not not gone, but like after the pain is set in and everything like that, he's not crying over that. It's it's like oh I can't be on the field. Yeah. Now. And I as a competitor, like from that perspective, I appreciate the hell out of that. He deserved to be paid a long time ago, mm-hmm. but I always had the debate, and this like it, this is a selfish debate. I didn't want them to pay him because I wanted him to be able to go somewhere else (laughs) just so I could actually root for him because I want that, but I just physically can't do it. The only time I've ever actually rooted for the Cowboys was that game where he got hurt. I wanted them to win it for him. That was the only time I found myself. And you had that like field goal where the sun was shining behind them and it just felt so like heavenly. Like it was like, we're doing this for you, Dak. Like. (laughs) That's literally how that game felt. So I was happy with that. But um, 
I think they're going to be shaky. I honestly think this is the best landing spot for Cam Newton right now. Mm. And that's as an unbiased, like, I don't necessarily... You think the Cowboys, because Cam's going to be Cammy backup in Dallas. I think I... Dak's dealing, so we don't know how he's looking since the surgery on the ankle. And I've said this all offseason, that surgery really doesn't scare me. It's not an ACL, it's not an MCL. I really don't think it's going to affect the way he plays, and especially him. I know he'll do everything right in order to rehab and come back and do it correctly. Now he's dealing with a shoulder issue as well. And I think Wait, I don't know about that. Oh yeah, he's dealing there's and they initially came out and said it's just because he was rehabbing his ankle so much that when he got back to throwing it was a little off, but it's lingering and it's still an issue. And I think they're trying to make it seem less than it actually is. Yeah. So with that I've seen the headline behind you on ESPN right now. Sorry, just pulling this up. MRI shows Dallas Cowboys QB Dak Prescott's shoulder is healing well. Yeah. But when it first happened, healing well, when it first happened, they just made it seem like it's no big deal. It's sort like there's something going on there that's bigger than whatever they're making it out to be. Um, so I think there is going to be some iffiness there. They just cut two of their back. They cut Ben DiNucci and they cut Garrett Gilbert. They cut they the cut Nucci. Nucci. They did. They cut both of them. That I was like, the only cowboy I liked. I know. Every single time he played in that game where he started against the Eagles, I, we were all screaming, the, the Nucci. Yeah, no, I just kept, I was working at Chickie's the one night <laughs> and I just kept yelling it. But you know, he's gone. Gilbert's gone. They had Cooper Rush. They just signed Will Greer, which was the West Virginia quarterback. Mm. Carolina let him go. So they got him. But we all saw that offense when Dak went down. Um, it was painful. It was literally the nooch. Yeah, it was the, the nooch. Neither of them stepped up in the way. Andy Dalton was a mess. Like, I'm granted he got injured, but still. Um, so yeah, no, I think this is a good landing spot for Cam, just because I'm and I don't wish anything bad. I wish a lot bad on the Cowboys. I will never wish anything bad on sure. Dak. Um, I'm nervous that it's not going to be a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think. Because also, I'll give Jerry Jones credit there for doing the right thing because from a business perspective, it was the wrong move after that injury because oh, yeah. you don't know. And, and you downplayed a little bit. I will tell you, a compound fracture like that, you don't know. Like, guys can come back fine, and he's playing the right kind of position to come back fine. Yeah. If he were a linebacker, it would be a different story. But you don't know. That said, Jerry knew he should have paid that motherfucker yeah. before that. And so... Even though it could have been, it may, hopefully for Dak's sake, it's not, you know, whatever. Which is like weird to say because you root against the Cowboys. I but, know, it's you know, so hopefully weird. Hopefully for his sake, it's not. But it may be a bad business decision, but it was, it was noble, a good moral yeah. decision to make. And that will definitely, down the line, be a very, I'm talking five years from now, be a very good thing as a proof of concept to point to, to future players coming that you're looking to sign and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, Hey, we do take care of our yeah. own, you know? So I, I, I appreciated that, that they did that, but you know, I, I'm going to be curious to see how he comes back from that. Like I'm not as far along as you are. Whereas like ACL, psh, I wouldn't be worried about that. Really? No, no. I'm more nervous about his shoulder than I am about oh, the be, ankle. Yeah. Especially if it, I didn't get to see if it's his throwing shoulder. I'm, I mean, I know a lot about shoulders. Yeah. That's not, that's nothing to fuck with. Yeah. And especially 
So if Cam goes to Houston, which I think is the easiest, even though I don't want to take another starting position away from Tyrod Taylor, because that just crushes my soul. Um, you Tyrod s- Taylor gets into the weirdest I spots, know. Man. It's really, it's really devastating. Um, when he saw Cam Newton was released, he was probably <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding they're not, me? They're not signing Cam Newton. Just because I don't think they want to do well. They're not. There's no reason for them to. They're not signing. But think about it. If Cam goes to Dallas, and like, like I said, this is weird because this is totally unbiased because I would never wish anything good on the Cowboys. If you get Cam Newton into that offense, that's a good situation. Like that's someone that can get you through. I don't think he's still Cam Newton though. I really don't. I, I mean, he's look, not. I and and I'm I'm like the world's biggest Cam Newton fan. <laughs> I, I I loved him in Carolina. Mm-hmm. I just he took a beating. Oh, he yeah. took a beat, and like I know he still physically looks great. You look at him; he looks like a statue of God still. But I keep saying statue of God it should be like statue of David. Either <laughs> way. But I don't like even last year he looked decent mm-hmm. for the first few games before he got COVID, and then everything went wrong. But I look at him, and it's not. I, I don't know. I don't get that. He's not the same threat. You don't think he would get that vibe back being in Dallas? Oh, absolutely not in Dallas because really? he's not going in there as a starter. No, no, no shot. I could see it working. But in Houston, definitely not either. Oh, no. Houston, that's a... I don't think it's a vibe thing. No, really? I think I think he's still got it. I mean, you see the guy, he's fucking still typing in Skritnik or whatever the fuck on his stories. <laughs> that's so iconic he, that like, he's, he's stuck with that. He's still that guy. Yeah. It's just like physically... I mean, to me, Cam Newton is a Hall of Famer because of what he even though it was a shorter body of work and there was less fewer accomplishments relatively speaking if you go roll the tape on what he did and some of the rosters he did it with Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable yeah it's unbelievable now obviously he didn't play great in the super bowl when they went there but it's one game of his career i didn't think he was awful but you know he carried that team there yeah he was he was a phenomenal player he's got a cannon arm he was one of the best rushing quarterbacks in a totally different way of all time. Like, there's no comparison with None. him and Michael Vick. They're two very different players. But, you know, he's – it adds up. And it was pretty clear. You watched his last season in Carolina. I, I think the biggest thing, and I don't blame him for this. I don't think he knows this, but he's he's tentative as fuck in the pocket. I think after you have so – I can only imagine so mm-hmm. many years of just fucking there finally comes a point where your body, I mean, you saw he had multiple compound surgeries on his yeah. shoulders. Your body starts to have that flight response and you can't control it. I yeah. don't care who you are. So I don't think, like, what does that do for Houston if he goes there? Is Houston going to the Super no, Bowl? It's, no. 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 They're not. It's, and that's, I actually just talked about that in my YouTube video that I posted this morning. It, on paper, it's a good fit because he would be their best option. Like, I think he would come in and be better than Tyra Taylor, as much as I hate to say it. But do they want a best option? There's no need for them to go for it because right now they're holding Deshaun Watson on their bench. They're basically playing with a 52-man roster. Is that the weirdest situation you've ever seen? Oh, it's it's bizarre because they're offering to pay him $10 million still to just be on their roster. Isn't it more than that? Uh, $10-11 million? Is it more than that? Thought last I saw. Okay. So you're basically paying this guy to sit on your bench, take up space, like I said, playing with 52 instead of three. 
10.5. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, wait, hold on. Back up now. You're So you're going to pay him this to sit and not be able to do anything until everything is settled off the field. Already knowing that he doesn't even want to be there. And I think their mindset is, if we do this for you, if you get cleared when all this is done, if you can play again, you should stay here. And I think they're going in with that season like, or, like, that's, to me, how it seems. Which is, it's messed up. It's really messed up. Also, if they tank, which no NFL team will ever come out and say, we're tanking. Like, not. They're not going to blatantly say it. You have a fan base to uphold. You got people to try and motivate. You have players that would never go out there and blatantly lose a game. Mm-hmm. But as an organization, they go out and they do terrible. Deshaun Watson isn't coming back either, whether it's all the court cases he's not allowed to play or if he just everything's cleared and he wants to play somewhere else. Now you suck and you're going into the draft. And you can get a new young guy. There's no reason for them to try and do well this season. It just just doesn't. If you would have told me, I mean, I guess based on the information we had back then, if you would have told me when you and I were sitting down four months back that there would not be another stitch of news coming out about this and we would be in this holding pattern like Mm -hmm. we are, I would have said you're fucking nuts. Me too. I would have thought we would have had guaranteed answers at this point. This whole thing smells. And it was the one thing I could use as like a TikTok, whatever, where back when we had that episode where we had like a Deshaun Watson period or series, like three-parter where you were talking about the subject matter and how weird it was for you to approach, especially like as a woman, which I Mm -hmm. thought, by the way, your take on that, if people haven't heard that, was phenomenal. Thanks. Like, I really, really appreciated that because you don't know. Yeah. And it's like, to me, it's okay to be like, I'm okay not knowing. Yeah. And let's let the facts play out. That's how stuff should be in society. It doesn't make you any less sick to your stomach of what could be. Exactly. That's not the point. It's just like, okay, let's get a trial here. Let, yeah. Let's see what's going on. With him, and I had the one theory that I put out as well that is like, totally a conspiracy theory i am not you know to be clear on that that was the whole mugaletta thing yeah his agent it could be something with that i'm just throwing that out there as a possibility i, I want to be clear like there's there's no factual basis to that there's no whatever that's just like me going all right there's there is a pattern here for people that don't know what i'm talking about very short story his agent david mugaletta mulligetta i always say mugaletta it's mulligetta who's a great agent by the way a bunch of his clients have had a lot of shit happen to him and it's been like out of nowhere and he's got some powerful clients and some it's kind of obvious like you know haskins obviously brought a lot on himself yeah. guys like that but you know you saw it with jalen ramsey you saw it with kalecia semele you saw it with michael thomas i mean there were a ton of guys and so now deshaun you know these are guys guys like michael thomas and deshaun watson were were revered as like these not just great players but like locker room leaders and all this shit and then suddenly out of nowhere there's a problem so when i see that i'm gonna say something about that might be total bullshit but either way the whole situation smells and now what we've seen here i would have never predicted this they have the guy wearing a scout team jersey sometimes lining up at safety you know which isn't real like he's just lining up in the position listed as a fourth team quarterback showing up every day and they're paying him and he's getting around talking to the media and there's been no movement on his case 
I mean, look. If he's guilty, fuck him. If he's innocent, I hope they bankrupt that whole organization. Yeah. Because they have they there's if he is innocent, there's no way they don't have something to do with it. And that's a conspiracy th- again, not based in fact. Want to be clear. That is me bullshitting to the camera, but I do feel that way. It's it's the it's the most bizarre situation I think we've because we've obviously seen. I mean, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of domestic violence and yes. just abuse cases throughout the league. Have, we had the one guy last year that tried to had his girlfriend locked up and was trying to kill his girl, like which cra- no one's talking about. No Chad one talks Wheeler, about. It. Yes, who, no one talks who about beat it. Beat his girlfriend to the edge of death. Yes, no one talks about it. So you see things. This, it's so public and it's so in your face. Everyone knows about it. It makes the headlines. But at the same time, it's so under the rug. And he's there, but he's not there. And it's like this weird in-between. I've never experienced anything. Usually it's like, you know about it. They're out of the spotlight until it's done. Or it's being talked about, but they're there and you don't know all the details. Everyone's kind of ignoring it. Kind of like those are normally the two routes that it takes. This is a combination of the two and it's just very strange. And like you said, there's been legitimately nothing new since the last time we talked. I still have no idea what to make of the entire thing other than the fact that it makes me feel very uneasy. He's shown up to work. His girlfriend, I believe, has stood by him yeah. the whole time. Oh, she's posting pictures of them together. And, you know, all right, let's take the other side for a minute. Maybe she's a grifter. You don't know. Some mm-hmm. of these guys, they could be. But, like, maybe she's not. You know, maybe she's just a normal good girl. And, like, she's like, this is bullshit. You have also heard zero commentary from teammates, to my knowledge, and from ex-teammates, like, big names. Yeah. You have not heard like, J.J. I he- Watt. That, I was just going to say, I want to hear what J.J. Watt has to say. Okay. The reason I say this is because when these situations happen, the rats, and sometimes this is, this is like, the right thing because mm-hmm. they're fucked up and, like, you need to do it. Yeah. But the rats scatter off the ship and they start going, oh, this guy's a fucking scumbag. And, like, if it's a Darren Sharper, 100%. You're mm-hmm. right. Obviously, he was. And I'm glad you come out and say something. Wish you would have said something earlier. But, like... There's been none of that. Yeah. There's been no, even his college coach, Dabo Sweeney. Sweeney. Is it Sweeney or Sweeney? I always say that wrong. I feel like I always say Sweeney, but I don't actually know. Yeah, I say it both ways. And I hear it. It's one of those names you hear like a million times. Yeah. And then you still tell it to yourself wrong. Anyway, he was. He even came out and was like, that is not in his character. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. And then actually after you were on here, I had on my buddy Moose and he was like, he's got an interesting take on everything. But he was like. There's a difference between a predator and a pervert. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, this is going there. Was, this was like two minutes into the podcast. I'm like, oh, we're going there. But All like, right. I want to be careful how I restate it. But he's like, I feel like, I think, I got to go back and look, but I think he was saying, I feel like he's just a pervert. And I'm like, I, maybe he is. Yeah. You know, because like the other thing that we didn't talk about is, the the accusations are all coming from massage therapists, and you and I both know the massage therapy game is a, uh, you know, notorious. It's a wink, wink. Yeah, you know, like here's hooker, here's two dollar hooker. You know, two steps up is like a massage therapist, yeah. like that that kind of thing. So sometimes 
And this doesn't make it right at all. I'm just saying there's like this, oh, that's what happens there. Yeah. You know? So I could see somebody being like, oh, 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 we're not. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not being like oh, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, still would be a problem. Still something that you have to make some sort of example out of. But that is a big difference between this guy forcing yes. himself on me, that kind of thing. So it gets a little dangerous when you talk about that. But the silence is deafening. Yeah. And I, I don't know what to think anymore. I And again, I'm I'm a huge fan of his prior to this whole thing. So I'm rooting for this to be... It's weird because like I'm rooting for it to be he's totally innocent, but I also think the damage of him being innocent is going to be brutal. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think is he's going to have an easy comeback if it does come out that either way, if it comes out where he is guilty and he has to pay his time, it sucks and it's brutal and you get him out of the league and he pays his time and he does what he has to do. If he's innocent, I still think... Just because of the timeline of how it all happened, where he was in this uncertainty period with the Texans, looking for a new team, you're going to have some teams that might... I mean, I say that, though, but there are still teams that are still going out and trying to get him right now, even with all this going on, so... How real do you think that is? I think there's definite interest. I think teams are definitely considering it, and I think everyone's kind of keeping the talk going... just in case it all comes out that he's cleared and he can play. So let's snag him now kind of thing. I don't think anyone would or should go out and do anything right now because the Texans, they're asking for three firsts and two seconds. Even now with everything going on, that's giving up so much for a giant question mark. Do you think the Eagles are in on it? I think they're in conversations. I think they're definitely asking questions. Same thing, the Dolphins are the ones that made like the big headlines literally mm-hmm. this week. They were like, they're talking about it. They're going for it. They want to make it happen to the point where I was getting so many notifications. I legit thought the trade was going to happen in like 24 hours, and it didn't. It blew over, and I haven't heard anything about it this week. So I definitely think people are talking and doing their due diligence and asking questions. A lot of questions that maybe we're not getting to see in the media because, like you said, it's been silent. Um, I don't think anyone's actually going to go out and make the move and make it happen until more is known. That's how I feel at this point, because I feel like we've heard so many false trigger alerts. Yeah. Like, oh, it's imminent. Like, there was one, like, three, four weeks ago with the Eagles. Like, it's been an open secret that, like, it's happening. If it did happen, though, while this is all still quiet, I'd be 99% sure he's innocent. Because the thing about the NFL... Is that, you know, they fucked up the Ray Rice situation badly. And from what I hear, I don't know how, I can't say this is like first person source, but from other people who I feel like know some people around the situation, whatever, the NFL's investigative team, to say nothing of some of the individual team's ability to go get information. Like the league as a whole. It's like a second arm of the FBI. So... If And it probably depends organization to organization. Like, if the Eagles traded for him, I'd be pretty damn certain he's innocent. Yeah. Because, like, the Eagles notoriously – I don't know if notoriously is the word, but, like, they don't fuck around. Yeah. Like, their guys, Big Dom, 
he's got a lot of guys. There's yeah. a lot of guys of a lot of guys of a lot of guys, and like they they know what's up. And there's been a lot of stories that have been kept under wraps under the years. Not to say that like none of the ones I heard were anywhere near that. Like I don't I don't I think they'd let a guy fry if something like that happened. Yeah, but. It also works the other way of they know how to put people out and go get information. And, you know, some of that is speaking out of my ass with it, but I do believe that. Like yeah. I, when I hear some of these people explain like, well, they got this guy on the payroll. They got that guy. They do consulting work with this guy. I'm like, OK, well, these people aren't doing nothing. These these are people who worked in the government and shit like that. They basically like my guy, Jim DiOrio, they basically have like Jim DiOrio's working with them. You know, these are guys who like can pull up NSA logs. Mm-hmm. So. That's how crazy our world is now where teams can like go that far for information on a player because it's all about the publicity of it. It's not just who you're bringing in or like, is he going to win? It's like, what does the media think about this person? And are they going to crush us for it? So if someone did trade for him, say in the next like month or two, I'd, I'd be like, oh damn, he is probably innocent. Like it's going to be hard for whatever, but I haven't seen it happen, and I've seen a lot of false flags on it. So I feel like it's not gonna. It's just the the whole thing is beyond me because it's this. It's like this. It's in this weird purgatory. Yeah, you know, and, it is. And I think I said this, but if the Texans, if they can find any complicity with the Texans, you can't just take away the ownership. They got to go to jail. Yeah. Like, someone needs to go to jail. Oh, that. yeah, because they, I don't want to say they ruined his career because he can definitely either, which I would doubt it's in Houston if that's the case, but he can come out onto a team and still be Deshaun Watson and be great. But to put him through that is, it's sickening for your own personal benefit for, like, what? What are they getting out of this if the, like if this is the case? If it has anything to do with his quote unquote trade demand or anything like that, it makes it doubly worse, mm-hmm. you know, because that's like just the ultimate, like on the worst level, mean girls type shit. Yeah. But at any rate, I don't care if a guy is like a bad soldier. I don't care if he's like a bad person, like not a nice guy. The The precedent <laughs> on any level of going to this. Yeah. Was if that and we don't know that. Yeah, we are totally just talking hypothetically right now. You always have to say this shit because yeah. people are like, "You are, you're yeah. saying that they did this." <laughs> I mean, it looks interesting. The law. I, I think you were the one who pointed it out yeah. to me. I didn't even know that the lawyer Busby or Bisby or whatever the fuck his name is. His neighbors is neighbors with the ownership with yeah. the McLean family or whatever they're called. Yeah, there's there's red flags. And like I said, I will not put myself on one side or the other until I know more. But it is interesting to consider. I like to look at I like to look at all storylines. I like to look at all options. I also read the text messages between or Instagram DMs between him and specific massage therapists, trying to find something that rubbed me the wrong way. And the one thing he said, he was like, "Are you comfortable massaging the glute area?" Which is it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, but at the same time, you're a professional he athlete. It. He asked, and it's not like he was like, are you comfortable just touching me? Like, he was, like, using professional terms. And in a pl- So, like, to me, I was like, this 
doesn't scream anything terrible. And, like, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. But if that's how he's communicating with them on social media, you know, you just don't know. So there's a lot of things I've done. I spent way too much time thinking about this and trying to figure it out. But right now it's just a waiting game, unfortunately. The Texans have always rubbed me the wrong way. So, like, in a weird, sadistic way. Like, if he's cleared, it's going to be, guess who's going to jail tonight? (laughs) Guess who's going to jail tonight? The whole fucking ownership team. It's going to be one of those. Like, I'm going to be calling for it because if if it is that, I'm going to really start to think that. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. That would be the biggest scandal in league history, and it wouldn't be close. Oh, one heart, yeah. And I I don't know. I'm, like, here for the drama. I'm here for that. I'm here for that if that happens. But, I know. But I don't know. Like, the way it looks to me right now, he is not going to play this year. No. And if, I mean, things can change in an instant with this stuff. You know, shit can just come out or, like, suddenly be like, oh, we're dropping the investigation, whatever. But it feels like... You know, I, I thought some people were crazy for saying this back when we were talking. They're like, he's not going to play the next two seasons. It actually feels like that's a possibility. It definitely, it, it does. With the, how slow things are moving, I thought by now we would have known something. Anything. Even if it wasn't something solidified, I thought something new would have come out of it. We would have heard from the NFL. We would have heard from a lawyer. We would have heard from one of the women. We would have heard more from him, the girlfriend, a teammate, something. We've heard nothing. So it is making me a little nervous. But like you said, it can. we just need one break to kind of get a feel for which direction this is going. So we'll see. The other thing, and, you know, he's got Rusty Harden as an attorney who's like one of the best defense attorneys in the country. So I'm sure he is choreographing everything he's allowed and not allowed to do, and he should listen to his lawyer. But I don't know. The way I look at this stuff is, yes, people can find a way to twist your words, and there's always a danger that when you tell the truth, it will not be taken as that. It will be taken out of context, so you always have to be cognizant of that. Like, I wasn't born yesterday. I get that. But... You know, he's not talking to the media at all. And there, there's, like, weird ways he's, like, getting around it. Yeah. And the team's, like, allowing it. To, it's weird. If he, he said, got nothing to hide. He said something to him one day. Yeah, he did. And it was, like, walking off the field. Yeah. He's like, man, you guys got nothing else to do. Or yeah. Some, like, he was I, like, it's the same thing every day. Yeah. So that's not talking to the media. No. I've never been an NFL quarterback. I've never been a guy. Really? Like, yeah. No, believe it or not, there are some some uh, some people at college that was pretty sure I was a backup quarterback. So, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But other than that, it's uh, I have never been in that type of position. But if there's ever been a time in your life, obviously, with something way less serious than this, where like you didn't do something or something like that, you don't have to worry about lying. You're just like, what the fuck? Like yeah. I didn't do shit. Ask me whatever you want. And there's, you know, there's a confidence there because yeah. you're not like, well, what am I not saying? Or yeah. And that's kind of how I'd be. And again, his lawyer is probably telling him otherwise. But at some point, I'd say, get the fuck over here. Bring your mics. Let's go. Yeah. Ask me whatever you yeah. want. I didn't do a goddamn thing. Yeah. The question is, let's say my truth or the truth included the fact that I did get massages that were happy endings, mm-hmm. which is 
a very normal thing. Yeah. Can they then twist that? Probably. They can. Especially so, with... Can I tell the truth is my point. Exactly. It's a lot. And the other thing, too, that we have to consider, when all of this first started, when it just came out, when it was one or two women and the news was first breaking, he came out himself initially and was like, I didn't do anything wrong. And he came out and defended himself and he spoke out against it. That was a text. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. It was like, I think it was Twitter. He was like tweeting yeah, and he was that like. That doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. But yeah. he came out and like tried to get around it. Not get around it, get in front of it, I should say. Um, and then the more and more everything started happening. It's um, been pretty quiet. I hate that part of our society because it is so litigious and it's also media innuendo driven such that people don't even think to put their face out there to address things. And if they do, it's in a prepared statement with yeah. no questions afterwards because it does go against my belief, which is hit me, baby. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, like I mean, th this is what I do here. Not that I'm accused of anything. <laughs> like, it's totally different. But like, let it fly. Like, people will think what they're thinking. What they think, if I know what I did in my heart or didn't do, I'm, I'm going to tell you. And, like, I'm going to know whether I told you the truth or not. Yeah. So we don't live in a society that rewards that these days. And I wish we did because if people it, – it's funny too because, like, our society is more transparent than ever before and it's more private oh, yeah. than ever before at the same time. People choreograph every single thing they do and say because everything's public such that they don't – a lot of people never reveal how they really feel yeah. publicly. And that's wild to me. That's what I made a TikTok today because I was talking about mental health because nobody talks about it enough. You're having a bad, you see all these people on Instagram and social media and everything, especially the public figures. You see them, they're rich and they're doing whatever they want and they're showing off who's sponsoring their clothes and all the vacations they're going on. And everyone just thinks that that's the normal life and the normal standard that everybody kind of has to live up to. And that isn't, the case that's why one of my favorite and this is totally off football but one of my favorite oh, youtubers emma chamberlain she vlogs oh just, she's awesome she's incredible yeah. the most like vulnerable person i've ever watched and i just wish everybody could kind of take even if because like i do so i look nice for social media i go through and i pick the pictures i want to post like i'm guilty of it but then i also try and say like i'm not perfect like i literally posted today and i was like i'm having a terrible week like, things are tough sometimes. Like, I'm drained. And I try and show everyone that, like, just because I smile on YouTube all the time doesn't mean that everything's just perfect. Because nobody should have to live up to that standard. And that's athletes, influencers, act like that's what everyone's trying to portray. And even, like, the TikTokers now that aren't totally famous mm -hmm. but have a big following, that's the vibe that we're all putting out. So it, it's definitely a weird situation that we're moving in because you do feel like you see everything, but it's through a very small lens and it's toxic. It's really, really toxic. No, I like your TikTok a lot. And I want you, as I said last time, I do want to see you also integrate like your content now on TikTok because I know you have the separate thing yeah. with, was the, I forget now, was, I'm getting mixed up. Was the TikTok with Walter? Yes. TikToks okay, with Walter right. Pax. Right. So that's going to be something you do on there. But I also yeah. want to see you like the content you've been doing. Yeah, I want to see too. you move that there as well. But like your current TikTok is more of a personal TikTok. Yeah. You're unbelievably honest on there. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes I see you crying on there. Like yeah. there's no bullshit. It's also funny. Like it's all these things. I love that TikToks brought that out in some people. And I think 
even though I agree that there are a lot of people, especially when they get bigger, mm -hmm. who get very protective like that, there is a lot of beautiful vulnerability there is. on TikTok, which, you know, on the trash dump that is Instagram these days, you don't see that. No. There's very much people are just putting out their best life still to this day. And like Emma Chamberlain is interesting because she's a Gen Zer who came out and she's like, even on Instagram, she's like, I'm just going to post yeah. an unfiltered picture. I don't fucking care. Yeah. You know, it's very cool to me. Yeah, I love it. I don't know how we got. I don't know, but it's it's good. It, like I I like talking about that because it gives it a good platform to go through it. Because I think a lot of other people think about this and they're you know they just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, you know. But like when I did, like most of my TikTok covers all different things we talk about on here. We talk about a lot of other things, so there's not like a ton of mental health. Yeah, but I've had some that definitely resonate with people and i had the one that resonated more than any video i ever did with ashton larald where he was talking about like the most serious aspect of it mm -hmm. and he was talking about you know that idea when you're like suicidal and going through that point which he was at one point in his life and i gotta tell you like the and again i wasn't the guy saying it mm -hmm. and i think 99.9 percent .9 of the people who reached out afterwards knew that but they still would reach out to me and I'm sure they were reaching out to him too because I had him tagged on everything, letting people know like, hey, that's him. But I was blown away with the range of thoughts people had yeah. about that and how much for some of them it either resonated with them directly or it resonated with people who they care about directly or just like, hey, I'm not struggling with that. But the fact that like, especially like a guy mm -hmm. could be this open about that and put out something like this in a 30 second clip that yeah. really people understand. And they're like, Oh wow. You know, thank you for saying that. It got my attention. I already knew that was a thing, but the overwhelming level of feedback on that one was even beyond what I, what I could have imagined. So when people are showing more of a real side of like the struggle that is life and mm -hmm. there is a struggle to it yeah you know i i have an even greater appreciation for that now and and i think that we should like people like emma chamberlain should be celebrated and and should be looked to not because they're going overboard or doing anything they're, they're just simply just like honest. yeah exactly and that's what especially and that's something i've been kind of using she's been like my role model as i kind of break into like being a youtuber and podcasting and not that i am a public figure yet but i intend to grow my platform and i would like to move in that direction and that's something that i want to consistently carry like i want to be honest and i want people to see like this is normal life and like obviously when you sit in front of a camera and you have the lights on it's totally different persona but i want every like that should be more of the norm when with all influencers and everything, like you should be able to see the normal side of them too and s watch people cry and watch people have a bad day and just be like, listen, I can't be on social media today because I'm having a bad day and I just want to watch a movie with the lights off. So I'm not going to fake it today. Like, I appreciate that. If someone came out and was like, like if I was looking forward to watching somebody and they were like, listen, I'm having a tough mental health day. I'm taking the day off. I would appreciate that so much more than them putting themselves on the line to have a breakdown, to fake it in front of the camera for an hour. Like, everyone needs to put themselves first, and that's what social media is taking away. I agree with you, but I think it can work both ways, too. That's the one thing. So, I like that people are emphasizing being more open about stuff, but there's also 
the griftership and profiteering off it too, off of a fake reality. So you see these people posting videos and sometimes it's not even them, which is not even fair. They're posting of like a family member sitting next to a dog while they're putting it down on yeah. video. Yeah. On TikTok. Yeah. You see people posting hitting camera videos of like internal family fights about shit and like, you know, with the music and everything in the background. And it's like, you are not the fucking Kardashians. You 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 are not even Caitlyn Jenner. Like like even Caitlyn Jenner at the car accident wasn't filming it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's there's thing that's probably fucked up to say. But there are things that in this world it's private. Yeah. You leave it there. Yes. You know, it's not there's not this whole reality TV everywhere and you're going to get rewarded for showing something that could therefore also be an act because you've taken the premeditated action of putting your right. You're not setting a up. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree with that hundred percent. I think that's a very valid take there. You have to draw the fine line of obviously if you're getting into a fight with your family, that's not something the media needs to see. It's more of you got into a fight with your family. Now, a couple days later, you're dealing with it and you're feeling a little off. It's fair for you to say, I'm dealing with stuff at home. That kind, you know, you know where I'm going? Yes, yes. And like, if you want to. That's the line that people have to draw. If you want to show some of the reaction to that outside of the situation yeah. unfolding itself, that's fine. Yes. And that's great. I want to celebrate that kind of thing. Cause like, I'm so on this, on this train that you're talking about. And I love that you brought up. Emma Chamberlain, too, because I didn't know about her. Mm -hmm. But when I started this podcast and built the first like solo episodes when I still had to do that, I did a three-part series on influencers. And the third part, I was trying to study for people who are going the opposite way, in addition to people who aren't. Yeah. But trying to show like, hey, there's some good trends here, too. And she was someone I discovered yeah. who was like, oh, my God, she's like this great she's she's like a mentor for gen yeah. z because this is the type of model you should be following and i like that i just want the people who are like her i want the people who do it the right way and as far as i know that's that's how she does it yeah and so you know it's like a fine line there but the world of the avocado toast and this whole bullshit like i gonna be honest I, I go back and i look at my instagram before i went into podcasting and i just post that but like there's a lot of posts that, I mean, I put them all out for myself, but why? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I look at it, I'm like, what What the fuck? Like, wh why not post what would have been a Snap story? Yeah. On, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this whole, like, let's have fun. That's what I liked about Snap stories as opposed to Instagram stories where people just drag on the whole Instagram vibe of let's be perfect. You know, I guess we're all kind of socially dragged down to it, but there you know I, I have some hope that there's a crack in that foundation now yeah no i agree i think i and i do think tiktok is honestly that bridge um because snapchat i feel like is so just in the moment whatever's happening is happening that's what you post on snapchat instagram is the most toxic where everyone's just trying to create this perfect image tiktok is kind of like that in between and i think there are obviously going to be extremes like no one's not one platform is just going to be totally perfect. But I do think you see a lot of just like that raw things that are happening, real personalities, real life on TikTok, which is good. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad to me, like with Snapchat, because I was a day one Snapchat guy. 
love Snapchat. I remember the day Snapchat like blew up and I made my and unfortunately I still have that username because they don't let you change it. What's your username? Oh, it's J Coops with an hmm. ear with a zero instead of an O and a Z. So so yeah, it's fun. Yeah, well I it's like kind of sad to me because I noticed when the pandemic happened, I could kind of tell the first three months Snapchat engagement, and I would have thought the opposite. It fell off a cliff. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it went from – like I looked at Snapchat as a very personal way also to keep in touch with a lot of people who like you're in different parts of your life and in different places. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, you're doing separate things, and maybe right now you don't have a lot of time to talk. But like you can do a quick personal like – funny thing yeah or, you know what i mean and then that stopped and it went from you know i'm sending 50 snaps a day to and maybe part of it was i got busy but you know some days i don't send any yeah and the, and like the stories are also a lot less and then i gotta look at instagram stories which i'm sorry people they suck like it, <laughs> i wouldn't even post them if i didn't have a podcast it's annoying to me yeah you know what i mean no i think the reason snapchat probably fell off is because it's kind of like what you do in the moment when you're out doing things. Like I know I'm guilty. I'm a drunk Snapchat story poster. Oh, okay. I'm I'm terrible. I'm actually horrendous. Oh yeah. So I think now everyone's stuck inside. You're kind of doing your own thing. You went down to like this small bubble, like talking to really the only people that you actually want to talk to because it's not like you're running into people. You're not seeing anybody. So I think that's why Snapchat probably took the hit that it did. The funny thing is though, they have gained not and this dates back to before the pandemic too but because like you're right on the cutoff you're gen z but like the very top of gen z right like barely i think it's 97 i was born 98 right so the heart of gen z like the people born 2000 2001 2002 2003 they're all over snapchat like to this day oh they all have like hundreds of streaks and it's like the first thing they do in the morning, they send it throughout the day. So they make sure they like, it's their priority. I had my 11 year old cousin snap me the other day and was like streaks. And I was like, I love you. No, I was like, we're not. I've, if I have a Snapchat streak, it's because it's an accident and I'm talking to a specific person for multiple days just because they're my friend and I want to, I would never go out of my way to just put this number next to someone that I barely even know just because it's like such a weird concept to me. Yeah, I have a thought about that. I'm gonna tell you off camera right. though. So just remind me. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to tell that one on camera. Okay. But yes, hundred percent. That that is that is how it is. And like it it's it's like this weird age cutoff. And like credit to them because they figured out that that's where their demographic is, and they've rebuilt their stock through that. So obviously they've done a great job. But yeah, like I find myself, I probably watch like every Snap story I have because there's like fucking fifteen in there. Yeah. You know, whereas on Instagram, I, I don't even. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't watch that shit. No. I, like, I click through like late at night just to like, all right, let's let's keep me in good graces with the algorithm. <laughs> and it's like there's a million of them. And then like, if I stop to look at one, I'm like, what? There's nothing. You know, people any- are reposting a pose. Yeah. Or something. You know what I mean? It's not. It's curated. Yeah, it is. It's very curated. It is. But anyway, let's get back to some football. All right. Sorry, we we, we got off. We got small off track detour. There. Small but detour. That was good though. Yeah. I like that. I like talking mental health and all that stuff and social. But anyway, let's just go straight to Super Bowl picks because you already mentioned you could see the Bills going all the way. Mm-hmm. But like, do you have any definitive feeling on that and or anyone else? I have this gut feeling 
that the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Like, I would be shocked Winning if they it, don't. Winning it, I don't know. Winning it is up in the air, but I see them. I think it's in L.A. I think it's in SoFi Stadium. I see them there. I would be sh- just because with the way their season was looking last year and they got so close and then they just blew it in the AFC. Like, did not even look like the same team that we saw all season. And if they showed up that day and looked like how they did regular season and the rest of the playoffs, they give the Chiefs the best run for their money. Out of anybody in the AFC, and AFC total, like I think they're going to be the ones to do it. What about the Ravens? Ravens, I think, are in a weird in-between. Mm. I don't think they're going to be bad, but I don't think they're going to be that powerhouse that they were two years ago. They got that weird... They should have easily made it to the Super Bowl, but they got knocked out by the Titans round one. Yeah, that was a t- prototypical trap game one-on-one. Yes, that that was... It was... I remember just... I feel like I was more sad that season of, for how the Ravens season ended than the Eagles season ended. And like, that's my team. But like, I was rooting so hard and I was so excited for the Ravens. Like, it broke me. I was heartbroken for them. I think that was the same season... Was that the same year that we lost the Seahawks in the first round of playoffs? Yes. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. They had basically the same effect on me, which is crazy. But now they were also riding like that, kind of like our Super Bowl year, like that brotherhood, that com- like that vibe. They were yeah, riding they on that. Yeah, they had the big trust thing. Yes, yeah. and then Mark Ingram isn't there anymore. He's now in Houston. Their run game. He's in Houston? He's in Houston. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure oh. Philip Lindsay's in Houston too. Oh, the poor guy. I know. You just got sent. That's not even purgatory. No, it's bad. That's just where football goes to end. I'm pretty sure. Google real quick. I'm pretty sure Philip Lindsay, which makes me really sad because he's great. Mark Ingram, I mean, he's fallen off, but I still love him. I still root for him. He's a running back. Yeah. Yep. Texans. Yeah, like that's sad. But whatever. Ravens, they just lost J.K. Dobbins out for the whole season. He was set to have... An explosive year, be like their star running back. You obviously are going to have a run game with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback. That's a given. But their O-line, not great. The running backs that they have to replace him, all together, they might be able to combine and make up for what he was going to be able to do. Yeah, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. So I'm not sold on it. Their receivers are good, not great. So I just think the Ravens... I wouldn't be shocked if they make playoffs. I'd probably be shocked if they don't make playoffs. But I just can't see them beating some of the other teams in the AFC when it gets to playoffs. I think Lamar has a good shot this year because the expectations are lower. Mm -hmm. And look, that can change on a dime. Suddenly they could be like great and clicking and suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, they should win. They're going to be number one. But I think Lamar has a really great opportunity this year. To like have one of those seasons where he takes him maybe to like the AFC Championship yeah. game and yep. it's and it's him yeah and it's like oh shit we would be one in fifteen or whatever I can't the seventeen game season bullshit is killing me but we'd be whatever without him mm-hmm. it is a good opportunity because I still think he's not getting the respect he deserves and I felt like you know obviously it's pretty hard to follow up a perfect MB- MVP season mm-hmm. with another season like at that level but you see a lot of guys take a huge step back he was great last year and he wasn't getting the the ravens were barely talked about last season like they were so under the radar and they were doing fine what makes me nervous 
this division is tough. Yeah, it is. Like, it's... You what got, about the Steelers? I think the Ravens have a better season than the Steelers. Do you think Big Ben's cooked? Cooked as in, like, Not done? Not going to be able to last a 17 games. season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we see Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> like, I really do. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I am too. You know what? I, I hope he, like, got his head on his shoulder. If that happens, great. I mean, what cool. I saw from him in preseason wasn't bad. I haven't watched any Steelers in the preseason. It, he did, he did, he made a case for QB2 way more than Mason Rudolph. Did he win the QB2? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he's still QB3. Mason Rudolph sucks. Sucks. He is literal garbage. I don't know how he's still in conversations. Like, I don't know how this is still a thing. I would have rather them keep Duck Hodges. Do you, do you think he said that to Garrett? I don't know. I think he did. I really do. Um, I'm not the guy to play that card, but, like, it's also not my situation. I really think he did. The reason that I think he probably did more than he didn't was just because of how I know. No, I can't say how I know. How we see Miles Garrett act. I think for him to be set off to that point, something had to be done. So I'll leave it at that. That was one of those I'll never forget when I saw that for the first time. And it was like... Oh, I was I was in shock. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It was scary. And I remember I was still working on at NFL Films at the time. And it was the debate. They were like, how much of this... Because obviously they were going to talk about it. It was major news. They were like, how much of it can we rightfully replay on air? Like, do we replay the whole thing? Like, and it was that, because it was bad. It like, was, it, once you realized that Rudolph was fine, because, you know, like yeah. it happened, he got lucky. Like it happened to hit him and he was like, are you kidding? And he yeah. got all pissed. It was kind of funny after that. It was. It was a little bit funny. But then the whole thing, like, you know, I don't ever like the idea of the quote unquote, like, card being played like i look at that and i'm like all right let's not do that that's a horrible idea but i don't i don't know that he would play that like and i hate when people call it that too like we we really shouldn't do that but like miles garrett is not that guy no you know he's and he's always been a well-liked guy too and it's like did he i don't know i don't know it's it's tricky. Like I said, I don't think my gut tells me Miles Garrett would not have acted that way if there wasn't a reason for it. And he's not someone he's not a media hungry guy. No, like no. he's very I mean, he's a beast on the field. Don't get me wrong. He's freaking insane. But he's not someone that's attention hungry. He's not someone that's looking for the spotlight. So for him to react the way he did and then to go on and say it and be like, this is what happened, it makes me think more likely than not. But I-, I, think it's, I think it's also possible, by the way. I, do, I, should, I should have said this out front. I think it's also possible that in a heated moment like that, with, you know, it's on a on a football field in in the NFL there's a lot of noise going on i think it's possible and i would believe this mm-hmm. that he heard something and thought it was yes that I've- i think that's because i also don't want like i think it's dangerous to 
immediately, and I probably just did it, so sorry, but <laughs> that's the doers talking. It, it, it's not the greatest to like assume that somebody like Mason Rudolph would say that, like, especially someone who plays in the NFL or like plays in any of the professional sports leagues who chances are has spent their entire life around every culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to say that guys haven't. We've seen it. I mean, in this town, we've seen it uh, a couple times, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's... When Riley Cooper said it, it sounded like, all right, he's been saying that his whole life. Whereas, you know, may, maybe Rudolph has, but maybe there is a misunderstanding there too. Because he did, to his credit, he took that highly personally and he did address it yeah. directly, verbally, in the media. Like, this is crazy. He addressed it by type when it first came out and then immediately was talking with them too. Like, this is crazy. I yeah. would never say that. Like, guys have lied before. Yeah. But I don't know. That whole That whole thing was just like a mess to me. I think the scenario that you just put out about maybe he heard it and either assumed or thought that it came from Rudolph and that's how everything came. That does make perfect sense to me. And I think it's it totally could have played out that way. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough situation. It's not it, it's weird. It was two years ago now, but it's not I know. it's this not water under the bridge situation. He's still there though. He's still They're both still there. There. He does suck. He's, He's terrible. Good. He's not good. So if Haskins can play a little bit, he should be QB two. Yes. But you know, it's also Mike Tomlin and like I like Mike Tomlin. I think oh. I I think if Mike Tomlin wants to play some hardball, that's a good guy to play some hardball. Yeah. With, you know? That's what I said. If anyone I think is going to be able to bring the best out of Dwayne Haskins and work with them to get him to that point, I fully believe it would be Mike Tomlin. He's not going to take any shit from no. Haskins. No, I, I really I do envy the Steelers a lot as an organization because I think they've had like three coaches in the last 50 years or something. It's insane. And they're all great. Yeah. And they all get results. They've all won Super Bowls. And, you know, you even saw the Steelers, they've kind of been in this – lullish period now as Ben got older for maybe the last six, seven years, mm. but they still managed to be there. Yeah. They're still in the conversation a lot. They've been in the playoffs a lot. I think he had a line where he, after the game with Chase Young, where he's like, I hope we are never fucking bad enough yeah. to be high enough to draft. You. Yes. you know what I mean? And like, they haven't been. So I'm really like how he navigates now. And I fully, expect the Steelers to let him navigate through it based on their history, how he navigates moving on from Ben into whatever the next era is, is going to be really interesting to me. Cause if, if I feel like there's somebody who can pull off the, all right, we're going to do that now without missing the playoffs. It could be him. He's never had a losing season. He hasn't never eight and eight once. Right. I, yeah. But he's never had a losing record. That's amazing. Yeah. He does not. It, I don't think Mike Tomlin gets the love. He doesn't. He should get. He really does. He might be one of like my all-time coach, incredible, just as a person, the way he handles him. Because he is that perfect. He's exactly what you want in a coach because he's that perfect. He's tough. You don't want to mess with him, but you know he loves the game and he would do. And like he even, while Mason Rudolph was giving his, like when he was talking about it, Mike Tomlin was there by his side yeah. the whole time. With yeah. that, and race is an issue in that situation, and he stood by him and was there for, like... Which is another thing in his defense, by the way. Exactly. I don't think Mike Tomlin would have done that. No. No, if Mike Tomlin had any inkling that maybe he would have went that direction, 
I, I don't think he would have sat there with him, but he did. So he had his back. So to just be that much of a stand-up guy to where your players are probably scared to screw you over, but no, at the end of the day, you would be there for them. You would ride for them. That's special. He's had some interesting ones over the years, too. He's had some very interesting situations. You know, and I feel like he's... You want this coach in the NFL who's a leader of men. And we were talking about that with Anthony Lynn last time because mm-hmm. he is. Yes. He just Anthony Lynn didn't have the ability to totally pull himself off a play call. Yeah. That was his downfall. If he could have just been like, I'm going to be the leader of men here and like be the CEO of the organization and not also the COO, I think he'd be the coach Probably. There, and I think they'd be great. But Tomlin... I think he's done like some defensive play calling. I think, I think so. I, some, but not a lot because he had Dick LeBeau for a yeah. lot of years. He's a real like he's the CEO. Yeah. And so they, they've had a lot of even like through some weird situations, whether it be, you know, the Mason Rudolph situation or when there was the whole Kaepernick thing. And then he had what's his name? Alejandro Villanueva yeah. or something. You said was, that much better than I could have. It's Alessandro or Alejandro, uh-huh. one of them. But he was the lineman who was, I believe he was from Army, not Navy. I think he was from Army. Either way, he was a serviceman. You know, he was, the team stayed in. He went out mm-hmm. and held his hand on his heart and everything. And Tom was like, yo, that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he has a very good way of being Switzerland on a lot of things. And I don't know. I've always had a lot of, you know, we we won a Super Bowl in Philly. And I'm thankful for that with Doug Peterson. And, like, we had a lot of stability with Andy Reid. But I always kind of had a lot of envy for the Mike Tomlin Steelers. I always wondered if, like, Mike Tomlin were in Philly, what that would look like. Oh, I he would be a great Philly coach because he's not someone – he wouldn't let the fans get to him. He wouldn't let the noise get to him. And that's the kind of energy that you need – to come in here. And I think that was a problem with Doug. I think Doug was letting the noise and the conversations get to him. And Andy, I don't think it did at all. I I don't think he was affected by that, but he just couldn't close for us. So he ran out his time. And now I wish him nothing but the best. He's doing great in KC, but. Yeah. And Andy reads a a first bout hall of famer at this point. And a, uh, he's, he's one of the greatest, I think he might be the greatest quarterback whisperer of all time. Yeah. He has a, way more positive than negatives. But to this day, he's not the best in-game organization general when the shit starts going off the game plan. Yeah. He's not He's not great at that. And he deserves a lot of credit for over the years, and especially by the time he got to Kansas City, to start to delegate that. But... One thing about Andy Reid is that when it comes to how he is behind closed doors as a leader Mm -hmm. and like with the guys and with the organization, goddamn, is he the best? Yeah. He, there was a guy, fuck, I can't remember his name, Milt. I don't remember Milt's last name, but people who are listening can Google this. Google Eagles coach Milt. I'll do it after I'm done talking. (laughs) From like the 2000s. He was one of the, I think it was like a quality control coach or something. This guy is a football lifer. He's like from he's from Kensington in Philly. One of those guys who was like watching the Eagles win their championship mm-hmm. with a cigar in his mouth in 1960. And so we're down at the Maxwell's a couple of years ago, which are 
this annual award system for the NFL in college, and we're in Atlantic City running media there. And so we had we had a panel, Chaz Servino and me and Mitch Laxamana, some of the guys were doing it, and we had a panel with Milt and all the Maxwell like heads, and then we were talking with some of the athletes like Josh Allen, a bunch of the guys. Ray Ray Lewis was getting the lifetime award there, Vince Papali, stuff like that. But Milt was there. And it's like this two-day event. The second day is where the actual awards are. So Chaz made it happen. He got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes flown in there because they won the NFL – they call it something different, but NFL MVP and Coach of the Year. This is the year before they won the Super Bowl. So they had just won it for that year, both of them. So Chaz gets his guy Dirk to get a plane out there, bring him to AC. And so – I don't remember whose idea it was, but I think like Chaz and Mark Wolpert, the head of Maxwell, were like, oh, when we send the car to the airport, let's send Milt driving the car because Andy will lose his mind because Milt was like his buddy when he came to Philly and he worked on the staff and was like the football lifer. And he just, he melted when he saw, he's like, Milt, you know, the whole, and, and like the whole Mahomes and Reed thing, like. 100% it's not even covered enough like that is a real thing you see all these former athletes there whether it be one of his guys like Brian Westbrook who was there who are literally like on the ground hugging him yeah you know like Ray Lewis who never played for him just like oh my god Andy Reid yeah you know know what I mean there's this huge there's no doubt in your mind and he's also the most low-key guy ever like like back of the room shit like humble as hell He's just one of the best humans to ever be in the game. And he he stayed in Philly too long, like a couple years too long. There were some annoying things he did there, but he always had his players back. Yeah. And after the fact, especially because we won a Super Bowl too, it's like, goddamn, dude. Yeah. Like, I am rooting for you 100%. And, and it's like, it's a beautiful thing to see him have this, you know, 20 some years in to be yeah. the head coach. Just like he's in the mecca of it right now. Yeah. No, and I know there was a lot of conversations where – on paper, there's no one that deserves to be a Hall of Fame coach more than him. But I, I believe there's not a single Hall of Fame coach, and I could be wrong, in there right now that doesn't have a Super Bowl win. That I, I think the only one might be the guy who coached the Bills. Bills, okay. So maybe one, I don't know that he's in, but I'll check that. Yeah, yeah. I know it's few or far between, um, and that was the debate with Andy Reid. Like, if he doesn't get a Super Bowl, does he make it? And Obviously, he deserves it. So that's why when the Chiefs won their Super Bowl, I was rooting for Patrick Mahomes. I wanted it for him, but I wanted it more for Andy Reid just to solidify the second they won that game. That solidified Hall of Fame guaranteed. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at Marv Levy. I don't see Hall of Fame on his resume, but he was the Bills coach for those four seasons when they went to yeah, which is like insane. <gasps> That's just heartbreaking. He was. 2001, he was inducted. So I believe he's the only one. Okay. And like, you know, he did a lot. Yeah, they made it. Yeah, over a lot of Four times. Could you imagine that? No. No. We made four straight NFC championship games and we finally won the fourth one, but it was like a funeral. Yeah. You You know what I mean? Like on the way there, you imagine four straight Super Bowls. I think the city would burn down. That's hard to do. Yeah. That's hard to do. My dad like talks about that, like when the when the kicker was like wide right or whatever it was. I think that was like two of the years. Yeah, and it's just like 
Yeah, my uncle's like a diehard. He lives in upstate New York, a little bit out of Buffalo, and he's a diehard Bills fan. And it's something that like you don't even really bring up. Like you just glaze <laughs> over. And now he's having the time of his life. But I will say this. The NFL, not the NFL, the Bills ownership cannot take that team out of there. No. Like, they're talking about going to Austin, Texas. I know, like, the town's probably playing some hardball, so, like, they have to do that. They they can't leave. That's the best fan base in football. I mean, coming out of Philly, I don't know if we can say that, but still, like, if there's a 1A, that that's probably 1A. From an unbiased perspective, that's a great... That's a great fan base. That because you know I also feel bad. Our like fan the base is town. Yeah, you know? our fan base is the best because it's us. If you're outside of Philly, we're scary, we're terrifying. Yeah, Bills fans, you like they're nice, so it makes it <laughs> it makes them likable. Unless you're a table. Unless you're a table, Unless then a table. then you should run. Yeah, but they 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 can't. Like people were talking about that, like the Austin Bills. I'm like no and. Texas doesn't need another football team. They don't. No. They don't. They and the have, two they got are... They got three basketball teams, two football teams, yeah. two baseball teams. Yeah, like you're good. One hockey team. They got enough. Yeah. They're good. But So Bills are in the conversation. Chiefs are obviously in the conversation. I still, like, if you're asking me to pick somebody to go, I know it's like the obvious thing to say. I'm still picking the Chiefs. I'm not going to bet okay. against... I'm not going to bet against that guy. NFC wise, NFC is. Do, does Father Time catch up with Tom Brady? That's what I want to know. Is this the year? I want to say yeah. <laughs> I want to say just because it feels way too good to be true for everyone to come back and for you to just waltz your way back in and just, like that doesn't happen. Like you, like any given Sunday, you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to come out and have a breakout season. For if that happens, it's just it's a joke. Like, how can you just formulate this perfect team, bring everyone back, and then just do it again? Like it, shit like that doesn't happen. He doesn't. The thing is, like, I'm waiting for the vibe check on Brady to be like, oh, he's kind of old now, and he's like ready to go off. I don't get that though. Did you see this video with Mike Rabel? No. All right. People, if you hear me say we're back, that's because I'm not allowed to play this video, but I'm going to play it right now just for the two of us to listen, then I'll describe it. But I'll describe it right now. Basically, like, I don't know what this was for. Maybe it was a matchup last year, but Brady was interviewed ahead of the Titans coming into town. Maybe it's for this year. I don't know. But it says Buccaneers quarterback, so, like, obviously it was with the Bucks. And it just came out around social media where he's talking, like, he starts talking about Mike Vrabel. And like he's dead serious and he's like he's really sad. He's old and he's fat and and like he's really lost his fastball. You hate to see it, but like he was always a dick. He played for Ohio yeah, I'm gonna play it right now. But if you hear me say right back, it's because we're not allowed to play this, but I'm gonna go ahead. The Tennessee Titans are in town, coached by Mike Vrabel, who played with Tom Brady for eight seasons. Mike's kind of an ass if you get to know him. He went to Ohio State. You know, obviously I don't like him. Another day. Go as hard as you can. It'll buy you another day. Don't play. Earn a right to be here. There's a, a healthy competition between us all, even though he's kind of fat and out of shape now. You know, physically, he's really declined to a pretty sad state. <laughs> you see the crossed arms and everything? Shut 
Ah. All right. If you guys didn't see that, we're back now. But either way, like he's he's dead serious. Oh, he meant every word of every that. Every word. Like he's he's a dick. It's it's great. I love it though. I really no, do. That, I love see, it. like I like this side of like I like that. No, and I know for a fact I've talked to people that players that were drafted going through the draft process. Obviously, I can't name any names, but who talked to Vrabel throughout combine and everything and said he walked in there and just treated it like jail. Like yeah. just dry and brutal and just like not like it didn't make it like they were like, why would I want to like come for you? Like, why would I want to come play for you? I could see that role on a lot of guys in the pre-draft process. Yeah. Because like you're trying to play, you're trying to scare you're some trying of these to, kids. Yes. And I get that. I get that too. But it, apparently everyone said I've heard more often than not that he's a dick. And not like not like a Mike Tomlin, like I'm stern, but I, like everyone just says He's a dick. Mike Vrabel's a dick. And like I've never I don't know him. I love so Pre- it's I'm really, not gonna make any assumptions. He's but. gotten old and fat. Yeah. It's a real sad yeah. state. <laughs> like he's, de- he's really let himself decline. He's dead serious too. Oh yeah. He's like he he's not on the he TV twelve plan. He went to Ohio State. I don't like him. <laughs> These guys, they take it, you know, that's a rare breed. But like, that's why I'm saying like the thing that could hold back a Mahomes is if he doesn't have that. We don't know. Cause like, he doesn't talk about it in public. A lot of guys don't. Brady didn't for a lot of years, but like, if he doesn't have that trait, yeah, like that trait of like, I- I'm not content to beat you. I'm going to destroy you. Yeah. And you're never going to try again. I think Mahomes has that. He might not talk about it, but we all saw too. we all saw his face when remember in this past Super Bowl when he was like sitting on the ground, he was just like looking and you just see like like that was the first time I ever saw him mad. Cause I feel like he's always like calm, cool, and collected and motivated. That was and I don't want to say I saw defeat because I don't think he was defeated, but I think he realized it was over and I he was pissed. Yeah. He's it remains to be seen. I do. I mean, you watch games like what was the one against the Texans a couple years ago? They were down like twenty-eight to nothing or something like that, or twenty to whatever it was. And like, they're the thing. Yeah. And it's not. I mean, we saw Brady do yeah. it against Atlanta. Yeah. And he, but that's the thing. Brady's like in your face. Brady tells Tyron Matthew like, "I'm, I'm gonna kill your family." Yeah. Right. And like, you see it on camera. Yeah. Mahomes doesn't really do that, but there is. That doesn't mean that he's not like that. Yeah. You know, you didn't see that. You saw that less with, with I'm not going to name names, but you saw that less with certain guys who have had that gene over times. Whereas guys like Brady, I'd say a guy like Kobe too, you saw it. Aaron Rodgers is scary. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has that too. You're yeah. Right. And Aaron Rodgers, I think, gets a lot of shit. Like he posted, and that's your boy, but yeah. he posted the thing of, with tagging with Devonte adams where it was like the last dance or whatever mm-hmm. did you see what tim grover posted about no. that so tim grover is michael jordan and kobe bryant and Dwayne wade's trainer yeah trainer and he posted something along the lines of on instagram like a repost of it and said and i'm, I'm paraphrasing here but it's like athletes these days are soft and don't get it you guys have one championship between the two of you. One of you has never seen a Super Bowl, and you're posting Jordan and Pippen, who have 12. 
like fuck off. <laughs> and it is hard to argue with that. That said, Rodgers has been a man Devontae Adams aside now who's mm-hmm. turned into a great player. He's been a man on a relative island yeah. for a lot of his career. Yes. Like they've had an average at best. Like even when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I was there the first round game against the Eagles when they played. It's an average team. Yeah. You know, AJ Hawk was was a decent player. Clay Matthews was a very good player. Mm-hmm. I would say he was one of the best linebackers in the league. <clears throat> who else was on there? Sam, uh, the old Miami wide receiver who changed the cornerback when he came to the NFL. I'm blanking on his yeah, name, but he was he was a good player. Like he was a very good player. Like they had some very good players, but top to bottom, like a, that Eagles team was a solid team. Like we had a much better roster than them. Yeah. You know, and that was the first round, but they won a Super Bowl. And then you've seen other, see, there was one like two years ago, Rodgers took them to the NFC title. Yeah. It's like, okay, Carson Wentz beat him that year. Aaron Rodgers makes decent guys great, and he knows how to bring out the best. And it's not that, because I don't even, and like this is kind of mean for the other guys on the team. Um, it's not even like he makes them better. He just knows how to work with them. And he builds – so it's not like you send these guys to anybody else and now they're good because they've played with Rodgers. It's he knows how to build that relationship and make it work. And that's like Robert Tanyan's their starting tight end now. Last season he started – he was third string for them before last season started. And him and Rodgers built this connection and then he blew up and now he's a top 10 fantasy receiver or top 10 fantasy tight end. So it's just crazy, and that's why. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers was on a team like the Buccaneers, he would have way more than one oh, ring. Man. Like Aaron Rodgers oh, is unbelievable, and that's why I was so pissed at how the Packers have been treating him. And it's not a new thing; they've been screwing him in the draft for. They've never drafted a first round wide receiver ever. The, the Packers are a weird franchise because they're, they're owned by yeah like the people basically they're owned by the people it's in green bay which none of us would know is on the map if it wasn't for the packers right like i would not i still don't like if you'd ask me to point to a map that says show me green bay i'd be like i'd be pointing to fucking montana yeah <laughs> but you know he's been a constant he's been this great player they've had turnover they managed to be good because of him then they bring in a young coach. There's the question on if they're going to get along that well, but then they go to the NFC Championship his first year, but he also like blew it in that game, like oh, yeah. the coach, LaFleur. But this whole offseason, and you and I were talking at like the front end of the drama, this whole offseason, it was like, is he even going to come back? And he was playing games on TV, like when, when he had the, the whole golf thing with like Phil Mickelson and them, and they were asking about it. He's like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I will, maybe I won't. But now he comes back. I don't know if you saw this today. But that was Rogers on his Instagram story. Yep. You definitely saw it. I that. definitely you saw it. You were the first person to do the story. <laughs> you get notifications right away. <laughs> no. It's like Herbert and Rogers no. post a story. It's like, I'm in there. It's the lettuce. I love the lettuce. Okay. Well, yeah, he's like hugging Matt LaFleur, which could yeah. be an act. But he showed up. Aaron Rodgers, he's a master manipulator. So he, mm. he's a sneaky bastard. So you never know. This, it's seen- Wait, he's a master manipulator. Yeah. He, oh my God. Did you see the way he handled this offseason? Master manipulator. He wants you to see whatever he wants you to see. Whatever he doesn't want you to know, he'll keep quiet. 
He knows how to tease and mess with the media. Mess like what? With, um, like what did he keep quiet? Not like what he kept quiet, but like what he said and what like when he was playing the golf tournament, when he was like he could have just been like, oh, like less. And he's like, no, I don't know if I'm coming back. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. All the stuff with Jeopardy, where literally a couple of years ago he literally came out and said, I don't want to be Brady. I don't know if I can play in my 40s. Now all of a sudden he's like, I'm ready to go. You guys don't want me here. Because you were saying last time that you think he'll be retired. That was your big take that yeah. I was like, I don't know. In about two that. years, I gave him two years. Yeah, you're I? like he's gonna be retired within two years. Yeah, I'm and like, now because he was saying now he's talking about being a dad. Now all of a sudden it's like he's got this competitive edge again. So I don't know. He's one of those people I literally can't read, and I think that's why I love him. How many years does Stafford have on his contract? Ah, uh, three? Is it three years? Okay. We'll go with it. If we're wrong, fact check us. But yeah, I don't know. I could see if Stafford doesn't play well this year. Rodgers goes to yeah. LA. And I could see that being a crescendo five year career of him just be sick. balling. You know, he's a Cali kid. Yeah. He's he's a Sam Franish guy, but I could see him but I could also see could also see if like they're not high on Lance this year, if he plays and then isn't that great. They cut their losses, sell them for a couple second rounders or something yeah. to somebody who's willing to take a flyer and pull in the hometown. Yeah. I could see that. I or they or, they like tried he, to go for him this off season. They did. They put a big offer on the table and turned. They got turned down. Now, did they offer that pick? I believe so. They offered the number three pick, and the Packers didn't take it. They, I don't know if they offered third. They offered something where I was shocked that we also don't know too yeah this was also yeah instagram post that i saw the packers offered i mean the 49ers offered this and the packers turned it down reliable source yeah very so i don't know for sure but i know they were trying yeah i i hate the whole like there's certain guys even with brady obviously like it worked out well for him you know good choice but still not seeing brady in a patriots uniform it's weird. It's weird. It's never not going to be weird. Even even after a ring, it's never not going to be weird. There's certain guys that's like, why? Why do you... I don't know. So with him, I kind of feel that way. That said, if I were in that situation and I didn't give a shit about that and my team repeatedly, they're sending me out with the same bullshit roster every year. Yeah. Even this year. They had a chance this year. Elijah Moore was on the table. Great receiver. Not one of the top three that went early on. Solid receiver. I think he's going to be great. He was available for them with their first round pick at what? What what pick did they have? Thir- 29 or something? Yeah, something 28, like 29? He was there. What do they do? They go defense. They miss on so many defensive first rounders too. That's the thing. It, they, it, they're terrible at drafting. And they're great at screwing Rodgers over. Terrible at drafting. And then Rodgers still comes out and makes them look good. And I think that's why they're comfortable doing what they do because I think at the end of the day, they know they'd be fine with Rodgers. But, like, you're pushing them out the door. All right, so NFC. Could you see them making some type of last hands run this year? I could. They were – if they didn't go for that field goal in the NFC Championship this past year with five minutes left giving Brady the ball. um, So bad. They go to the Super Bowl. 
Bucks miss out. It's Chiefs Packers. Yeah. I am fully – there were so many fourth down opportunities. Not so many. I can think of two or three. I know one was a really messed up one because they were basically at their own end zone on a fourth down, and they just didn't go for it. And I'm like, why? This is the N- – this isn't a regular – this is the NFC Championship game with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and you're not going to go for it. On- and it's not like it was a sticky – like, they were at, like, the 25 or something ridiculous. It's like they could punt there anyway. Like, just go for it. But whatever. It's one of fine. my one of my favorite lines, and I can't even remember the exact line, but I know what he was what he was saying. So, one of my favorite things was Doug Peterson ripping Marone after they won the Super Bowl in his book, talking about how they were watching that game, the AFC Championship before they were playing the NFC Championship mm-hmm. against the Vikings, and they're like, and then we see some coaches taking a kneel in the first half, and I'm like, I'm never going to be that guy. <laughs> and it's true, like you want it, like I'm never going to fault the coach. I don't want to say never. There's certain circumstances where it's like overboard. But if you're going down guns blazing, go down that way. Exactly. Like when you go down like a bitch, that's where I'm like, you know, what could have been? Exactly. And now I'm going to question everything you did, you know? And like, we don't win a Super Bowl if Doug doesn't think like that. Exactly. Fourth and two. There was another fourth down in the first. I Wasn't the, was the Philly special that fourth down? That was a fourth down. down. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say. Like he, you know, that's, that, it, if you want to get great things, you got to take great chances. Yep. The Patriots, they videotaped a few people. We did the Philly special. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get that. <laughs> but, like, you know, you, you have to do... Take the air out of yes. a few footballs. Yeah, take a, I don't really care about that. <laughs> I, I thought that was bullshit. But the first one, I cared a little bit. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you have to... You got to have some balls. Yeah. And so I'm going to be curious to see that. Because, like, this LaFleur guy should feel like he's got nothing to lose this year. Yeah. Like, despite this little cute picture they have here, you have an angry quarterback who wants the fuck out of there, right? You have a wide receiver who you can't even get into a contract. You're coaching Green Bay, which is like, it's got two people that live in the whole town. Like, fuck it. You know, let it let it fly. Like, do your thing. He, If Matt LaFleur was smart this season, he would go to into this with, like, a Bruce Arians approach and give Aaron Rodgers the trust. Yes. And obviously, you're the coach. You make the general calls. But if Aaron Rodgers is like, no, I see where you're coming from, but no, we're doing this, you let Aaron Rodgers do it. Because if Aaron Rodgers, if they trusted Aaron Rodgers on the last couple of plays of the NFC, NFC Championship game, I'm telling you they would have been in the Super Bowl. I agree. Do Would they have been able to beat the Chiefs? I don't. I doubt it. I don't think so. But they would have been there. They, you never know. I mean, they could have. They could have. If, you, if you're in the dance, you you can win. If the but, Chiefs showed up and looked like they did against the Bucs, if it was that same situation, I think they easily could have taken him down. Arians has the best job in football, though. Oh, yeah. Because he just gets to sit back and be like, okay. Yeah. Oh, Tom Brady failed? Well, that's not on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm just letting – he's going to succeed or fail. Yeah. Tom, you do your thing, man. Like, that's the best – you know, and that's what Belichick wasn't willing to do. Exactly. Belichick always had to have his hand in there a little bit, like a little bit. So, I don't know, but I I do want to talk about our Eagles a little bit because we haven't we haven't gone there. Okay. I did see that there was a little preseason hot stove coming out that was not kind to Jalen Hurts. There's a you see this Bleacher Report thing? No. So Bleacher, I mean, it's Bleacher Report. It's somebody's fucking opinion, yeah. so who cares? But I, I like the bulletin board material. So there were there was a 32 count of quarterbacks in the NFL. 
So our friend Tyrod Taylor, two lungs Taylor, as, as we like to say. <laughs> I feel so Sorry. bad for him. Anyway, Tyrod Taylor coming in at 32. At number 31, got Jalen Hurts. Now, this harkens back to the whole, you know, dovetailing off Cam Newton here. There are not 32 quarterbacks in the league better than me. After at least seeing some body of work from Jalen Hurts last year in an NFL setting, I don't think it's fair to say there's 30. Like, Zach Wilson is listed above him. Which is... I wouldn't do that yet. Yeah. This was the ultimate one for me that made me want to punch air. Ryan Fitzpatrick is fucking, like, number 20 or something like that. Hold on. Is Drew Locke... On no, this don't, list? Don't give that to me. He's definitely not on this list. Good. Well, where was Ryan Fitzpatrick? I w- if he was, I would have freaked out. Jared Goff was 19. Carson Wentz was... <laughs> Carson, Carson Wentz. Oh, boy. Where was Fitzpatrick? Hold on. This might be a different list. I was looking at it, though. Oh, that's where he was. Number 23. So you're telling me Ryan Fitzpatrick, not to give him hate, he's he's a nice guy, good guy to have he's in your locker cool room. He's the cool uncle of the NFL. Cool uncle of the NFL, has a great resume as a backup quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick is number 23, and Jalen Hurts is number 31. Jalen Hurts squats 700 pounds. This guy went to Harvard. Yeah. That's not a compliment in, yeah. that, in that case. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's some bulletin board material. Um, one of the lists that came out, and this was like a legitimate, I can't remember. Remember when they were releasing all like the rankings coming into the season? Pretty sure Jalen Hurts wasn't even in the top 40 for one of the big. Top 40 quarterbacks? Top 40. Top 40. He wasn't in top 40. That guy's always had a lot of doubt around so him. So that means every single official starter and eight backups. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Are better than Jalen Hurts. That's fucking bullshit. That's crazy. That's bullshit. I mean, not. I didn't put much into it because Tua was coming back last year from a wild injury. So I was impressed with the fact that he played well at some points. Mm-hmm. But like, Tua versus Hurts last year, Hurts was better. Yes. No question. Yeah. No question. You know, so like, and this is all, it means nothing. But, they want to get a rise out of people. Yeah, they do. But it's like, <sighs> I've always liked him. I hope he's an NFL quarterback like I hope he can be. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I'm pretty confident Wentz was never going to work in this town because he's just soft as baby shit. But I'm ro- I'm rooting for Hurts. I, I would like to see him be the guy. No, I and I was one of the people that was devastated. I literally cried when Wentz was traded. I was heartbroken just because I wanted it to work and I agree that I don't think it actually would have. I think there was too much there, but I was still stuck and I wanted it to work. And Jalen Hurts was one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out of that draft. I loved him. I was pissed when he was on my team just because I knew the downfall that was going to come along with it. But I was What does always- that tell you about Wentz though? He he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle the pressure. Rodgers had a quarterback drafted by I him know. last year. And Rodgers went and won MVP. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I defended Wentz for a very long time. It's kind of 
I don't want to get into this because this is a tricky subject. It's like the Ben Simmons situation right now. I don't know oh, where, fuck you, him. where you stand. Okay, fuck I agree. Him. I defended him. He is, fuck that guy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I was one of the people because as much as it sucks, he has the talent. He's not utilizing it. And it's ridiculous. And I was one of the people that believed in him. I tried giving him every benefit of the doubt until the moment where our season was on the line and he did not even go for the layup. If he went for it and missed it, I would have been pissed. But the second you pass it off and throw away our season, when we were up in that series, you are in Philadelphia with your fans around you, and you're not even going to attempt to go for it. That was when I closed the book and said, I never want to see you play in the city ever again. I'm done. I literally don't give a shit anymore. You know what's funny? I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said that still. And I, I, I was beyond pissed. I mean, like, in my mind, I was like, don't talk about him right now. But, like... I wanted to, and because then I saw like he withdrew from the Australia mm-hmm. team. I'm like, okay, you're you're you have been bumped down to the lowest peg that someone like you could go. Let's see what you're made of, and to see him not answer phone calls, like not answer what what is this fucking high school? Yeah, I mean the one thing about him, and I will, I have people that can verify this. You know, I'm a diehard Sixers fan. So, like, me and my guys, when they were horrible, we were always texting throughout the year. We we knew every player back mm-hmm. when they were winning no games. And it's like the one thing that worried me his rookie year that I said to a couple of my guys is that he's really fucking good, but he strikes me as unbelievably arrogant. Yeah. Like, un, like, like, one of those guys who feels... He's like a sociopath, feels no emotion. And like I'm totally reading into it with that. He might not be like that. Mm-hmm. He might not. But like you see his attitude, he's dead face. You ever see him talk about like being in college? Yeah. And by the way, I don't even blame him because I think it is bullshit. But like it's like he threw that extra salt on the wound that was like, okay, well, you don't need to destroy everyone that helped you there. Yeah. You know, he's like, I don't know why I was there. It's bullshit. Like, he talks like that. And, like, you see his demeanor. And I know there's some guys who are just stoics. But then you see him do the same things over and over and over again. And he goes backwards because teams figure out. They're like, all right, this guy's the best player in the league, except he can't shoot. So let's just fucking stand in the lane and, like, all right, he's going to have to beat us. Yeah. And he can't. Yeah. And so then when you... When we had to bench him in the playoffs because everyone kept fouling him and you can't make a freaking free throw. When, When you're that soft, I have no interest in you, man. Like, people give Allen Iverson shit about the practice thing all the time, which was also, that whole story was bullshit. Anyway, that's a side issue. But, like, I don't know if people know this. Allen Iverson had a season, maybe like three years in, something like that, where he shot like, I don't know, 65 from the line. For whatever reason. He was always a great shooter in the way that he had six hands in his face and pulled off like a good jumper. But, like, for whatever reason, he was like, he had a year where it was like, oh, he's not that great at the line. 80% the next year. You fix it. You fix it. You fix it. And Ben has had time to fix it. And you it's see, just, he posts all the Instagram videos. You see I him. I don't ever want to see one of those. Oh, it, you, it's dude. brutal. But this is the difference between, and the, different sports, way different scenarios. But at the end of the day, this is the difference between him and Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers holds out. He has every reason to yes, hold out. Yes. He has every reason not to answer the phone. Yes. He has proven himself. The only team, the, te- the only reason the team is anything is because of him and because he lays it out every 
every single game, he is out there doing everything he can. He is bringing the best out of everyone around him, and your organization is consistently screwing him. Ben Simmons has no right right now. Ben Simmons needs to put his tail between his leg, sit down and say, I know what I'm lacking. I know what I did at the end of last season, and I'm going to come back to the city of Philadelphia in front of all of you, and I'm going to do everything I can. All I needed from him this because I was pissed at him at the end of last, like the season prior, all I wanted from him this season was to shoot. Even if he missed it 70% of the time, if I saw effort, if I saw some sort of I'm trying here, that's something. What I saw in this playoffs, it was just embarrassing. You know what, though? And this is weird, but I'll, I don't want to say I'm defending Ben Simmons. The regular season, he was better. A little. A little. A, not much. I'm not going to do that. But I'm <laughs> I was, saying like, I was trying. One thing I'll say is that especially because he was a modern day guy. He came up in high school. He was in the internet era. And these guys who come up in this era, it is very hard for me to put myself in the shoes of a 13. And I use this for LeBron a lot too. He didn't come in, up in that, but he came up in a high media era. It's very hard for myself to put myself in the shoes of a 13 or 14 year old who's being called a god by everyone. If I were called a god by everyone around me, I'd be a raging narcissist. Yeah. I'd be I, the world would be at my feet, and apparently, like his family is awful with that. They all like he's he can do no wrong. Yeah, you know. So I feel bad about that, but it kills me. Like, trust me, I'm the first guy to rip the Sixers organization. I can't stand their ownership. I have a lot of problems with how they do things. I am brutal, and I think Elton Brand was the most damaging GM maybe in the history of the NBA. And Billy King, mind you, was GM in this town for six years. If you don't know, good for you. But I think that the Sixers organization has zero culpability in this. Other than not fucking picking Jimmy Butler over him. Yep. And telling him to walk. Which, by the way, I, I didn't support what they did to Jimmy Butler. But I supported them signing. Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. Like hindsight being 2020, that's not something I would blame knowing what we knew then. Yeah. But the fact that like it's pretty clear based on the reports that they decided, oh, Jimmy's not going to be here. Like we can't have Jimmy in the building with Ben. It should tell you a lot that Ben and another guy who Jimmy didn't like too much as a competitor level, not a personal level, but a competitor level. Ben and Carl Anthony Towns are very good friends. That should tell you a lot. Yeah. That should tell you a lot. Yeah. You know, and I don't like to read into that too much, but I'm just, I've been the biggest defender of him for years. And like, again, if he comes back, put your work in, kid. Yeah. I, I, listen, I'm going to root for you. But like, shut the fuck up and work. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear any of this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But no, how we got into... This Ben Simmons rant. Yeah, you didn't know what you were walking. I'm sorry. I didn't. I was like, I don't know where you stand I'm on just, it. I'm sick of him. No, I don't blame you. But it felt, it's different for me with Carson because Ben, I defended him. I defended him. I defended him. Now I'm done. And like you said, if he comes to Philly, I would never root against him. Like you're on my team. I want you to be the best that you can be. I'm just not going to sit here and defend you week after week. I just want you to prove it to me at this point. Carson Wentz, I defended him. 
I defend him. Now, I'm still rooting for him in Indianapolis. I don't ever want to see Carson Wentz. I don't love how things ended. I think there was a lot more that came up. I was on the side where I didn't think it was him, a lot of it. Now it's looking like that was the case. Like, he's looking like more of a drama queen than I initially thought. So now we're moving in, and I don't want to root against Carson. I want him to go be healthy and be great as a Colt. But now Jalen Hurts is sitting here. He's come out born leader, just has that ability. What I've seen in this preseason, what we saw in the last couple of game, in the couple of games that we saw from him last season, it makes me feel so much better about the situation because I was so upset by it. And that was never me knocking Jalen Hurts. I never doubted him. I was just convinced that Carson Wentz could be something that now I don't think he ever could be. So, moving in a new direction, turning a new leaf, I am all for Jalen Hurts. This list, putting him at 31, is ridiculous. The list that didn't put him in the top 40 is ridiculous. Do I think he can come out this season? Like I said, every team, obviously their goal is the Super Bowl. Do I think that's a realistic goal for us this season? Absolutely not. We're still in the middle of that rebuild. Mm-hmm. But I'm still thinking 8-10 to win season for us, which is leaps and bounds better than what we saw last year. It just seems like we're moving in that right direction. I think that would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's going to be a good year, whether we win the division. Even if we don't make the playoffs, but we have a solid winning record, that's a win because it shows we're doing something right. If they're competitive. Yes. Yeah. I I I think that's probably pretty fair. And like I, I'm, I'm really. I've always liked him a lot, and I hope he's he's a player at this level. And now I really hope he's a player at this level. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting how we got here. I'll say that. It's been. If you would have told me, eighteen months ago, that Carson Wentz and Ben Simmons would be persona non grata in Philadelphia, I, you know what? I don't want to say I wouldn't believe you. I would have said I could see a scenario where that would happen, but that would be a tragedy. Yeah. And here we are. You know, it's like, and for me, like for the Sixers, it's karma with what they did, you know, allowing the whole Sam Hinkie thing to, yeah. to leave the leave the train before it was done. But, you know, with the Eagles, we got a Super Bowl, so I'm not, I'm not complaining. It's just sad that- I swear we sold our souls for that Super Bowl. I think Bowl. we did. Remember all those questions we would ask over the years, like, what would you do for a yeah, Super Bowl? anything. I would give anything. Would you take 50 straight years of losing? Give it to me. Give it- And now it's like, well, you're four years in. Yeah. You got a, another, what, 46 years to go? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going great- Well, probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> the way I'm going, probably not, but still- <laughs> Either way, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to like it feels like a pressureless season in a way, which is good. But that's the one thing I'm paying attention to. Like if he can be the guy. But we talked a lot today. We did. We got through a lot. Yeah. You got me worked up at the end. Too. We covered a lot. Yeah, that was good. But I'm glad you came back in. Last time was a lot of fun. A lot of people enjoyed the switch up to pure sports for an episode. So I, I want to be able to do that every now and then. But um. Let's see how we do here. Let's right. let's see how some of these picks age. Some of them were consistent with the last episode. Some of them we changed up a little bit because things have changed. But I'm very excited. I needed this. This is like my prime. My next couple of months. My summer's great, and it's great because like obviously I like all sports. I mainly Philly for everything else. But 
putting all my focus into football, I can take these next seven months and just grind. And then I have my personal off season. And then where I'm still working, but it feels different, especially this year when there wasn't as much news. Now it's like, all right, it's all happening. And this is what I live for. So I'm very excited. Football's back, baby. It's so, so back. Let's enjoy it. Sporty Jordy, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, we'll do it again. Everybody else, give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace.